One yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, all downhill from here. Yeah, yes, as always. So the actress to the bishop. Hey, doesn't make any sense. No. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big Damn Cast. <laughs> this is the new theme music. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm Hello. Big, I'm Big Damn Christ. I'm Big Damn Matt. And welcome to our post Easter special. Edition. Is is that what we're doing? Are we doing a post Easter special special edition? No. Oh. Did you eat lots of chocolate, Christopher? I ate some. I'm not a big some chocolate guy anymore. Chocolate. I used to love chocolate. And no, now you're more like, of a... I, I kind of just... I'm like, oh, you got some... Oh, yeah, okay. You're not, not, really, you're not really a chocolate guy. You're more of a... A pinkish marshmallow man. The pinkish marshmallow man. <laughs> pinkish marshmallow man. <laughs> the staple pinkish marshmallow man. <laughs> <laughs> so soft. You're so soft. I poke <laughs> <in> the <face. laughs> Like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I ain't the Pillsbury fucking Doughboy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> we should get hold of Junior Dead Man and watch it. We should. We... No. <laughs> no, we hang should, on. Though. We shouldn't. We should. We should though. get hold of Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. <laughs> Have a double bill. Um, uh, oh, there you go. We're back to Easter. Hey, hey. hey. Uh, so yeah, yay! A man got killed, um, possibly, and then came back to life, but probably not. Came back to life and shat out chocolate eggs for everyone to yes. enjoy. And good bunny ears. As is the true meaning of yeezder. Yeezder. And yay, Kanye rolled the rock <laughs> aside. <laughs> you, can't, um, you can't kill the metal. What have we? The metal will live on. It will live on. What 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 we talk about this week, Matt? What's on the menu? Serve us a post Easter brunch. Um, like every single podcast on the internet. Yeah, we're talking. We're going to talk about the Last Jedi trailer. Very cool. It's it's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. It's very cool. Very. Cool. It was a trailer. Very cruel. <laughs> it was a cruel trailer. It was a cruel trailer. Well, it's all right. It, it, you know what? I think Matt and Chris's opinions on Star Wars: Last Jedi. Looks yeah, good. yeah. It looks cool. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a teaser. What does what it say about it? That we see some new ships, we see all the characters, and we get some voiceover. I will say this: like, um, I like, I like how it opened the same as the Force Awakens teaser trailer, which is that pause shot and then like Finn gasping and coming up into shot. Well, it's like poetry. And this one, it was like poetry. It stands on. Where's the key to Wallace? But like this time, it's you know the pause and then it kind of goes down to Ray. Mm. I'm hoping that, that means the third one will be. Um, Finn rolling his eyes back in ecstasy and then Poe comes up gasping for air. <laughs> that better be the third one. And then That better be the third movie then, sees a trailer. Then just looks dead into the camera and goes Your turn. Oh God. On a serious note, episode nine, the morning of glory. On a serious note, it would be really cool to see Finn and Poe get together. It would just because like, their their few moments, like their couple scenes together in the last one, it was like these two are really sweet together. Yeah, like, it'd be nice to see them be a thing, and also just have like an enormous <laughs> franchise with a gay couple in it. Yeah, I would do like, that too. Be well, cool with that representation, 
Yes, please. And also, yes. it'd be boring if Ray's story turns into and she falls in love with someone. I don't Because that's not that's... Luke's story in the original trilogy. His story isn't he falls in love with someone. I don't think that's Ray. I don't think that's Ray exactly. at all. Um, Ray uh, is a drop of golden sun. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, big boy? Um, yes, so... I'm referring to the size of your throbbing member. Guardians 2 is oh. around the corner. Mine just, the mine just swole too. Not Rise of the Guardians 2. Oh, good, not, good. Not, not Guardians the Owls of Ghoul cool. 2. <laughs> Zack Snyder's far too busy fucking up DC. Um, no, not Guardians, enough owls in DC. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 yeah. is around the corner. So near you can practically feel its hot breath I on can, the back of your neck. I can taste it in the air. You can smell its musk. <laughs> it's that close Chris, Chris Pratt's sweet sweet musk oh what's my um, snack Chris Pratt's musk <laughs> um, um, early reviews are out there yeah like, it's, like so the preview screening yeah. stuff because I think the premiere as of the recording of this podcast has just happened yeah just now so uh, um, yeah, early reaction press preview stuff early reaction is almost overwhelmingly positive Huzzah! Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's good to know. Good to know it doesn't drop the ball. People are trumpeting its praises as we speak. Giggity. Um, and with that, James Gunn has turned around and said, "Yeah, I'm going to be coming back to write and direct the third one." Which means we've got one. It means that after Marvel's like Avengers sequel, the, the Avengers Four, there <clears> is a Guardians <throat> movie on the horizon. So we know something about Phase Four slash Five. Yeah, this is um, awesome. Also, he said that it will be the last. It's the last outing for the current iteration of the team. That's fine. I think so, that's. I think that's, that's more than acceptable. Yeah, I think you can expect because like then a if you do, out, if yeah. you do want to carry it on, it's interesting. You know, it'd be nice to freshen it up and change things around. Mm-hmm. Similarly, end it with the third one. That's the end of the Guardian story. There you go. Three great movies. Yeah, hopefully. Like we know, the second one's apparently good. We haven't seen the third one. It doesn't exist yet. <laughs> But with endings in the Marvel Universe, we also get beginnings. Giggity. And it's currently unconfirmed, but reports have come in that Captain Marvel has found its directors. What? Is it, is it one director, but it's really uh, two shorter people hiding under a trench coat? No, three shorter people hiding under a trench coat. Oh, snap, But one's uncredited. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, that was good. Uh, <laughs> That. <laughs> He's a ghost writer, in this case, the ghost of Miss Midriff. Um, <laughs> but like the fact that two of them are credited, yet they're all still disguised as one person. Yeah, yeah. So two of them are clearly a head on the top and a head either at knee height or belly button height. Yeah, well, it's, and, it's like, and just poking through the coat. And it's like they've just got two little, uh, two little megaphones. No, it's like you get credit for being in action. You get credit for being the legs. You yeah. get credit for being the head. But you don't get credit. Ah, oh, the, the torso's uncredited. Yeah, yeah. Do they at least get a cut of the check? They must get the they must get the highest cut of the of the if it's split into thirds. Well, no, they get the middle cut. Well, if it's split into thirds, it, oh, God. <laughs> I was to say if it's split into thirds, everyone's getting the same cut. But you know, yeah, well, I just, I just think it's unfair. It I, is unfair. The betterment of the uh, the treatment of middlemen, but I digre- women. I digress. Little men. Little I digress. Women, women. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Which is unusual for you. Variety. <laughs> yeah, I, I never usually do that, especially in public. Um... <laughs> Oh, Variety are, are reporting that the directors <laughs> of Mississippi Grind, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who are a, a, a team on a couple of movies, um, <laughs> are due to direct with its scheduling to begin filming in 2018, February 2018. 
Oh, okay. For a March 8th, 2019 release. So still quite a way away. Yeah, still quite a ways away. Um, there's still a bit of, of, of questioning going around on whether we're going to see Brie Larson uh, appear as Captain Marvel in um, Infinity War. As opposed to Bucky Larson appearing as Captain Marvel Brie in Infinity War. brilliant. Brie Larson is great. She's wonderful. And I love how much she's taken to this. Did that picture a few months ago on her Twitter was wonderful. She's basically, I think the caption was just research. Yeah. And yeah. she was lay on a couch wearing a Captain Marvel hoodie, reading like volume two of the, the Marvel yeah. Now run. It was like, okay, you're awesome. Stuff. Like she, she's more than happy to be a part of this. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still, I'm sad that we have to wait that long, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I also don't want Captain Marvel to rock up in Avengers Infinity War. I'm not against Carol Danvers rocking yeah, up in Infinity I think War and starting the ball rolling. It, Maybe she already is Captain Marvel, but in that movie they sort of flash uh, that, oh, she's going to get involved later. I think if you... And if, then we see her origin. If there's space stuff coming in... Because the ti- time, time-wise, time things aren't linear directly. Um, no, no, no. Uh, James Gunn's confirmed that Guardians Volume 2 takes place, I think it's like uh, three months after the first one. Yeah. So if we are to presume that Guardians, the first one, happened around the same time as like Thor the Dark World, Captain America and Soldier, there's no reason to suppose that, but say it was. It's definitely post-Avengers. Up, up until this point, because of the, the uh, Earth-based movies at least have been more or less stated to take place in real time. Yeah. Um, Guardians has to happen after Avengers at least because it has uh, Alexis Desenos' character, the other... Yeah, there, like you know, to challenge Earth to court Earth because he gets his freaking head mashed in by Ronan. <laughs> so he's, he's, you know, he, he's... That's got to take place after Avengers, at least. Tis what it is, Christopher. We don't know tis how soon after Avengers dictate. As soon, uh, long enough for Thanos to have a complete facial makeover. Oh, that's something we. That's something I completely forgot to mention. Yes, I think it happened after we recorded last week. Uh, so Thanos himself, Josh Brolin, yeah. has landed, and I suppose a lot of people are like you can't play two parts within Marvel movies and stuff. Well, it's not in the same universe, but even if it was, I don't think it'd matter because it's mo- Thanos is mocap. So you can do that. Yeah. But the, he's playing Cable in Deadpool 2. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Like, all the names that were thrown out there. Yeah. There's that, that, that concept art with Brad Pitt's face surfaced. Yeah. All the photos of Pierce Brosnan hanging out with Ryan yeah. Reynolds. The stuff, the, the stuff of, of apparently Ryan Reynolds falling out with, with uh, Tim Story over casting... Um, Tim Story? Tim Story. Oh, uh, Tim. oh, damn it. What's his name? Oh, Tim. Tim. Yeah, it's Tim Story. How the devil are you, Tim? No, because what's that? Right, who's the comedian TJ Miller? Tim Miller. Tim Miller. Because I always got really confused. I was like, oh, there are two who's T. Tim Millers. Story? Uh, you. The fuck's Tim Story? It's your alter ego. I'm going to look it up. I've just made up Tim Story. Lovely, man. Hey, Tim Story, um, isn't that the one with the cowboy and the spaceman? Ah, this is Tim Story. <laughs> because the, the, the tinfoil man and the fucking dustbin. The pedal bin. Um, <laughs> fucking pedal bin. Tim Story. Who's the... Oh... <laughs> oh. Director, producer, writer behind Ride Along 2, oh. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. He Server. directed the Fantastic Four movie. He did Barbershop. That's... He directed the Fantastic Four. And like all the Kevin Hart films. All the Kevin Hart films. Oh yeah, oh, yeah because they're stand-up gigs, but they've all got that weird short film attached to them, which usually takes up half the runtime. You're like, I'd rather just watch two hours of him on stage telling oh, stand-up plays. we did the... Taxi remake with Queen Latifah. Remember when they were trying to make Queen Latifah a thing? 
Oh god, that was Jimmy Fallon as well. Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon in the taxi remake. One talented but heavily miscast lady and one unfunny bastard who's caught Queen the luckiest Latifah break in Hollywood. And Jimmy Fallon in oh, the taxi remake. At least it wasn't a taxi driver remake. <laughs> anyway, not two stories. Oh my Tim god. Miller. There was all that rumour about Tim Miller and, and um, Ryan Reynolds falling out all the casting choices and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and people lobbying for the role like Stephen Lang. Rob Perlman, I think, was, was throwing his hat in the ring. But yeah, Josh Brolin. Fair dues. I mean, when you as soon as you hear that name and think of Cable, you go, yeah, yeah all right, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. for that. Might be a little shorter than I imagine Cable being, but bring it on. Let's see what happens. Movie magic. Uh, Apple boxes. Muvime. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to do my lines out of the trench. Um, <laughs> so there's that. That's some good news. I, there was a weird backlash. People were like, you can't play two Marvel parts. Yes, well, for starters, shut up. They're not in the same franchise. And secondly, one's performance capture. We were all completely... Do you remember we were all gearing up for the idea that Vin Diesel might be playing Black Bolt in an Inhumans movie? Oh, yeah, remember. Because it would be a beautiful irony that his speaking role is a tree with three words and his on-screen role would be one that doesn't say anything. Remember? Oh, man, remember when we were going to get an Inhumans movie? We still are, sort of. We're getting a double-length pilot episode in IMAX screenings at the end of the year, so... I think I think it's the right. I think Inhumans ending up as a TV series is the right way. Well, it's really. been bigged up on TV so much with all the Agents of Shield stuff, so mm, it has to lead somewhere. Plus, this is their way to get an X Men TV series going before the X Men TV series. There's a lot happens. of that. There's a lot of we're using Inhumans to do X Men things, but because we can't use the X Men comic book Inhumans. Also, Legion doesn't take place in the same universe as the X Men movies. But now they're suggesting it might take place in the same universe as an X Men TV show that's happening that will include characters we had seen in the movies, but obviously redone for television. And oh my God, Fox is going to have two consecutive continuities on the go, just like Warner Brothers do with DC. What the hell's happening? Let's be honest. Uh, Fox don't give a fuck about continuity. Fox don't give a fox. Fox don't give a fox. Give a fox. Cable. Yeah. Cable is... Josh... No, Wait. Josh Brolin is... Josh, Josh Brolin <laughs> is... <laughs> Younger Tommy Lee Jones. Pam Greer is. <laughs> Pam Greer. Jackie Brown. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yeah. Sh- that happened. Sh- shall we nosedive into the wonder? Well, let's continue with the second part. <laughs> I'll say wonder. As in, I wonder why the fuck we're doing this to ourselves. The second part of the Ricapaldi. Yes, by Jingo. Last week, we, uh, ahead of the new series of Doctor Who launching, decided to recap Capaldi's era so far and give our thoughts on the episodes. Keeping in mind, uh, a lot of these we've only seen once, and in Matt's case, he's not seen some of them. So this no, will be interesting, especially I, this week. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the last series so much <laughs> that I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip some. <coughs> I'm going to skip some of these and save them for later. And then I never got around to it. Later never came. Later never <laughs> came. Um, we're going to review the pilot in a bit as well. We'll have a chat about that. But Foist, we left off last Christmas last week. That was when we finished. What's next, Matthew? <gasps> the Magician's Apprentice. No dancing mops in this one. I was very upset. <laughs> Who's summarising this one? Do you want to go for it? Um, this one you saw, I'll give you an advantage. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and also, I talked about this on the fan show on the official YouTube channel. So, if anything, I should take a back seat because I gave all my opinions in that. 
Ah, no, I didn't. I made jokes. It was the vague. Magi- the Magician's Apprentice. <laughs> so basically, if I remember correctly... I had a lot of fun doing it. Just to clarify, I had a lot of fun doing it. Thank you very much, BBC Worldwide. But there's a reason why I wasn't gushing. It's a cold open with a kid in, like, on a battlefield, a war-torn battlefield, and all of a sudden, there's hand mines! A cool idea. Yeah, there's hands with eyes in that come out of the ground, and they're mines, I guess, and... Does it imply that you get dragged under the ground by them? Like, that's the... I'm not sure. Do we ever see it? I don't think we do. No. Maybe we do. Maybe I can't we remember. Do. I don't remember. <laughs> um, and then the doctor turns up through the mist and he's like, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you. And does he ask him his name then before the thing here? Yeah, I think, he, I think he asks him what his name is so like they start to get conversational yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. like calm him down. And the kid's like, Davros. My name's Davros. Titles. Um, and the rest of us are all like, well, that might just be a common name on Scarrow. Maybe, uh, maybe yes. just help that kid out, you know? It's, it's the... Did the Scarrow... I did not know he was on Scarrow. I don't know. I don't bloody know. Whatever. Um, anyway, it opens, and then Missy gets in touch with Clara, and she's like, yo, the doctor sent me this weird thing, and I think he's I think he's going to die, or he thinks he's going to die. It's like his last will and testament. It's the confession dial, isn't it? His last will and testes. His last will and... Yeah. He sent Missy the confession dial. Yeah. Um, which apparently is like Time Lord speak for yeah I'm gonna die this is my will mm. so Missy does shit that Clara notices the pattern of quicker than Unit do because Clara is what the script needs oh, her to be yeah, and this week yeah, it needs her to be amazing um, where do they find the Doctor Matt? <sighs> the Doctor <laughs> <laughs> the joy on your oh, face God is Completely non-existent. You look like you're about to weep. Uh, I might actually cry. He's, he's, what sort of period's he in, man? He's in, he's in Shakespeare's Globe. Original Shakespeare's Globe. And, is, that, um, is that the set they used? I don't know what... I don't know the set they used. But that's what they imply that... Okay. Um, but no, it's the, what, it is... Yeah. It was a, it implied to be the original Shakespeare's Globe before it burned down. Not Shakespeare's Globe present yeah. day in London, which is... I don't think the same. It's it's similar. It's similar. You're you're deviating from the actual description because it's keeping you saying. Uh, What's he doing? He's having an axe battle, isn't he, Matt? He's He's having an axe battle, is what they call it. He's riding into the globe on the back of a tank, playing an electric guitar, wearing sunglasses. Now you can't deny that is one hell of an entrance. It just doesn't belong anywhere near the show. Well, it could, but not near this. It doesn't feel like this character, and I guess he's acting out of character. It's sort of like but... they, they play the start of the series like he's having a midlife crisis. Or yeah, something. yeah. Well, surely know. he should have probably had, I don't know, a couple of incarnations ago. But whatevs. Then what happens, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> like he gets in this Daleks, and and, um... and a man made of what? A, s- a man made of snakes. Why? Because. Good, good answer. <laughs> because. And they briefly visit the sisterhood of Khan for what reason? Because. Yeah. And um, then he goes and meets his old pal. What's his pal called again? His little, his little wheelchair mate. Davros. Yeah, his little wheel- wheelchair mate. His little buddy. wheelchair mate. His little wheelchair mate. <laughs> <laughs> With a sad eye socket. <laughs> and, uh, 
And what, what's, what's hanging out in wheel, his little wheelchair mate's lobby? What's what's zipping around left, right, and centre? Um, many different uh, sort of many different versions of them just flopping about. Uh, snakes. The other the other thing. Oh, the, 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 little dust bend, little pedal oh, bend. Daleks. That's the Daleks. The <laughs> And where are they, Matt? Uh, fucking everywhere. No, what, what, what planet are they on? Oh, they're on, they're on Skaro. Yeah. They're on Why? Skaro. Be- because. Yep. <laughs> That's the Magician's Apprentice. Um, <laughs> so I guess we have to go into the next one now, which is... Yeah, because we'll talk about the whole story together. The, the Witch's Familiar. Oh, fuck a doodle The dude. flat as a witch's tit. So um, it opens with the greatest opening in recent years. Clara is tied up and potentially trapped, and Missy is basically like sitting there hey, with like a knife and rope. And it's like, don't be like Moffat. <laughs> don't talk about your sexual preferences in your no, work. no, right? No, this is this is giving me a, a whole different kind of Woody. The subtitle for this season should have been Stephen Moffat's Fetish Machine. Oh God, yeah, but Clara might die. <laughs> That's the thing. Clara That's... might die. But here's what gives me a hard on. <laughs> Clara might die, <laughs> but instead, no. It's Missy just. It's Missy just em- emptily taunting her about something, um, and all that shite. Oh Christ! Yeah, what is it? Yeah, it's basically just like, oh, think about this thing the doctor did, <clears throat> where he disappeared. The thing that there's a thing I can't fucking remember. Then the doctor and Davros have prolonged conversation. The doctor finds out that Davros is dying, basically. And the Doctor's going to heal him because he thinks that there might actually be some good in him. Davros opens up his weepy little eyes because it turns out he has eyes that have been closed this whole time. No, I figured he still had eyes. He was just blinded. No, but ever since back in the day, you just sort of presume that that's what's... He's been mutated in the you know in the war and Scarrow and that's what's left of his face. Yeah. And now it turns out that, no, he's... he's because he looks at him like with his eyes. It's like he has them and he can see. He just chooses to use the little thingy one on his forehead, which is very Dalek, I suppose. He's like, this is superior Dalek technology. But at the same time, <laughs> that means this entire time Davros has had... Because here's the thing. They need to be crusty and creepy looking. They need to be like yellowing or whatever. They're not the little puppy dog human eyes. They look adorable. You want to give him a hug? Yeah, they do, they Julian do. Bleach handles some pretty terrible and some pretty excellent material that flip flops <clears throat> between the two states. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, he's so good as Davros so that he can make you forget about story. it. Yeah, it, it, fuck it. I re- you know what I really love in the story. Yeah, is the Doctor nicking Davros's chair and taking it for a ride. That's great. It's so. Good. I don't believe for a second that he wouldn't notice a nest of snakes sitting in the box. No, yeah. no, absolutely. But when he appears and he says, um, "Admit it." We've all had the same nightmare. <laughs> We've all had this nightmare. It's like, that's great. That is straight up And great. I think there's a common thread through the series where you just see little moments of brilliance. Yeah. But that's all they are. They're just moments. Yeah. Not enough usually, to sustain. Usually with Capaldi. Yeah. And he just lights up at those moments and he gets to do... Be his doctor. Mm. And that, that the standout moment from that is, is that moment from this, this story. Um... So, yes. Davros is like, heal me and I'll be a better man. The Doctor's like, alright. And then Davros is like, ha, ah, bitch, it was a trap all along. Your your energy is regenerating the factories or whatever that is, like, creating my Daleks. So, the Daleks are going to be back and stronger. And there's no explanation as to why there are Daleks of different eras around them. Specifically, annoyingly, there's the there's the Supreme from Journey's End, which died. It's, they don't imply, they don't say explicitly this is the same Dalek, mm. but 
like Dalek Sec was the only black Dalek of that design, <clears throat> and there's a Dalek, a black Dalek in the thing. Yeah, and it's sort of like you're you're just reusing old props. Is what's really happening here? But well, you're forgetting that a couple of these these Daleks specifically had their moment. It's yeah. so like Dalek Sec had a story. So if you use the Dalek Sec prop, we're all, we're all going to go, is that Dalek Sec? Mm. Like, the Dalek Supreme from Journey's End Stolen Earth had a story that had its thing. So if we see it, we're like, oh, is that the same one? Special Weapons Dalek from Remembrance was a deranged nutter who's like, and he's just casually sat with the rest of them now and has, an, has a, a glowing bit in the top. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. It's the second time Daleks. now, after Asylum of the Daleks, the second time where they've just wheeled out all Dalek props to go hype, 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 and then you see and, it, and then there's no reason for them to be different and, Daleks. There's no... If they were all just grey and blue Scarrow ones, yeah. that would make sense. Because he's he's see, ha- he's housing a bunch of old ones that he's like brought back to life or whatever. That would make sense. See, my question, Christopher, yes. is what happened to the new paradigm? <laughs> Um, uh, they didn't sell enough toys slash the budget, so much budget was spent on them that they got pissed off at them, so they chromed a couple of them up, reused them once, and then said, fuck them. I really like those new paradigms. I, I do enjoy that. I hate, their, their, introduction, their introduction was the thing that made them hard to stomach, because the episode was basically, look at this new product line. Mm. Um... If it was a two-parter, it would have been... I, I still argue to this day, Victory of the Daleks would have been so much better as a two-parter, where part one was just the whole, oh shit, maybe this is... Maybe this isn't them. Maybe whatever this Ironside thing is, it's, you know, something separate. Yeah. And then twist reveal, and then part two is about the paradigm, but... You know, potato, potato. Um, but they're gone. There's none of them in the story. There, there's implication that all the Dalek mutants that were rejected were flushed into sort of like a sewer, like tunnel chasm thing, and they're mm. the goo in the walls... So it's mutate, it's Dalek flesh that is alive because it kills a Dalek. Nice. And then it's what destroys Davros and the Daleks later. There was a, yeah, it just sort of, they flushed the sewers into the complex. But it's sort of like, really? But it's like, the, um, those creative mutant designs that we've seen across the decades of the, what looks, a Dalek looks like inside and then this yeah. one, they look like a chocolate sauce. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they it's look just like a, chocolate sauce. I just, I don't buy for a second that that goo is, like alive still no it's a horrifying idea but it shouldn't just be chunky gravy like it should have eyes and feelers and tentacles and teeth and things like like if you saw like a mouth like as it's oozing down the wall if you just saw like a like a mouth with no lips in the middle of that you'd be like oh god that's horrible instead it's just goo um i think it's it's clara's um... putting a dalek and missy tries to get the doctor to shoot that dalek and the the only thing the shell can say is mercy like, yeah, like it's, shell, oh, oh God, Moffat rewrites Dalek law. He yeah, does one yeah. of his annoying things where he changes the fundamentals of something. Yeah, he changes it so that Daleks aren't hate-filled machines, hate-filled monsters inside tanks. Yeah, they are screaming, powerless, worried goo monsters inside tanks that makes it sound like they want to kill you. Yeah, which again contradicts everything into, about them. It contradicts Enter the Dalek. Into the Dalek yeah, established that Dalek creatures can learn, can learn mm. and break their indoctrination, but the shells override and reinforce the indoctrination. Yeah, it's part of the factory setting of yeah. the mass production <clears throat> of them. But it's like, like Daleks are genetically bred to hate all life. Yeah, they wouldn't be going help me. They're just like yeah, kill everything, motherfuckers. Like that's their, that's them. That's yeah. what they are now. Um, that's why Rusty was an exception, but this implies that not all of them, like, 
are hate-filled things, but the machinery channels it into hate externally. Because Clara's like going, Doctor, it's me, and the Dalek's going, like, exterminate, and all this. It's like, what is going on? Oh, God, it annoys me so much. Yeah. So for every moment, every moment of Doctor in Davros' chair, you get Clara and a Dalek. But at least Colony Sarf was the one undocumented, like documented on film example of someone using those shit hoverboards and enjoying themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's next? What's next? Oh! Uh, before the flood. Before the flood. No, under the, the flood? under the lake. Under the lake. Before the floods. Well, and then before yeah, okay. the flood. Because this series is all two parters. Well, more some or less. Of them, yeah, some less. thematic. I think. I think toward the end, there's two that aren't. But then there's the only, next there's two, only the next one, two are. There's again. only one strictly speaking standalone episode because there's only one episode. Well, there's only one like unpaired episode that doesn't end with a to be continued. Yeah. Oh. I think there's a, there's a couple. Of, hang on, let's have a look at the episode. Listen for no, so like no, sorry, yeah. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Like I'm sure the second. So if you go to the... oh, oh no, that's it. Sleep no more and face the raven aren't a pair. Aren't a pair. Yeah. But face the raven leads into face Heaven the raven Sen. to be continued yeah. and and and. <coughs> yeah. So that last one's sort of like a three part kind of yeah dealio. yeah okay. So um, Matt, what the fuck happens in Under the Lake? Fuck what hell. the Jimmy fuck? Happens in Under the Lake. Another and story. The correct answer is the word nothing. So basically, <laughs> two great actors are wasted as silent green screen effects. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, Clara <laughs> and the Doctor. Hello, I'm the Doctor. There's Clara, my pal. Clocked her. She's my carer. She cares, so I don't have to care. I, I, I still like that line. Uh, the yeah. cl- clocked her. Episode two. As they're so called on Tumblr by the shipping community. Oh, um, Christ. People ship. I don't know if they are. That's, oh. that's just what I... How dare you invent a trope, sir. Um, yes, they arrive on this undersea base. Under lake base, I suppose. How dare you, It's an underwater sir. base. And it's doing some shit. What is it? It's a it's a base? <laughs> it's just a base. I don't know what it does. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the synopsis like... Is it under siege? What is it? Is it under siege, good sir? Is that base Seaged? Uh, I don't know what the base does though! What does the base do? Why doesn't this thing tell me? Because I can't remember from the story. Anyway, right, okay. So, <laughs> this base is in fact under siege. Yes. By ghosts. What the fuck? Ghosts! Now that that on the surface sounds like a cool idea. Ghosts. It's an appearing. underwater base that is being attacked by ghosts. Yeah. That is a great idea. There's a ghost of Watch like, fucking... <laughs> some alien with mutton chops in a suit and a top hat. Yeah, a Victorian with looking Big thing. old black eyes. Which and it's just, it's just muttering. <laughs> yeah. It's just, but you can't hear what it's saying. It's just, it's just, it's clearly muttering something. Yep. But you can't hear it. And then it kills one of them and they become a ghost and there's all ghosts going on. <laughs> and then, then they work out that the ghosts can walk through walls, but not through, like, electromagnetic fields, so they get in, like, this Faraday cage and they hide there. Um, the ghosts only come out at night, um, and then there's symbols on a spaceship that the crew have brought up from under the lake. Yeah. And... <laughs> you did so much better than I they would. They work out that... I don't know. Should, should, should we blend it in with part two? Yeah, so, so part, basically what happens yeah, is... Part two is before the flood. 
before the flood. You find out that the ghost is of one of those things that David Walliams was in the God Complex, played by Paul Kay. Yeah, it's an Undertaker race. Yeah, for reasons. They're burying the Fisher King, which is a creature that does stuff. Is some some terrible warrior creature. I guess. Do you know what? I'm just going to say it. Classic Who, which is notorious for having plots that could get out of hand complicated just to sort of fill a four to six episode. Like, like I can remember the plot of Brain of Morbius and it is ten minutes longer than this is. Sum up the plot of Brain of Morbius in two sentences. It's Frankenstein. That was one sentence. (laughs) Horror Fang Rock. Um, It's... A bunch of people stranded in a lighthouse under attack by a shapeshifting alien, and they can't, and you got to work out who the alien is. The chase, the chase. I've never actually seen, but from what I what I understand of it, yeah, without actually having seen it, it is literally yeah the Doctor and his companions being chased through time by the Daleks. Yes, there you go. Boom. Simple as that. Boom. All right, let's let's get some of the psychologically complex. Midnight. What happens in midnight? Midnight is the Doctor trapped on. A doctor and a bunch of tourists trapped on a uh, space tour bus with a creature that can seemingly possess and mimic and control people. Boom, there you go. See what I'm saying? Like, that's straightforward yeah. and simple. Yeah. What was the plot of A Magician's Apprentice slash Which is Familiar in two sentences? Oh, fucking hell. We just talked about it, and yet already <laughs> that is a terrifying <laughs> prospect, isn't it? The Doctor's having a midlife crisis. Also, there are Daleks and Snake Men and Davros is... A good guy? Question mark? Davros is dying? Davros is not space Hitler? That's not a plot, though. That's that's a, that's a here's set the, here's the plot that's of, a which plot. Here's the plot of uh, Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. Stephen Moffat uh, thinks it'll be interesting, interesting to answer Davros's question about whether he would do it from Genesis mm. by turning it into a terrible story. That means that theoretical conversation that was so important is now something that actually happens where the Doctor is like given the option to kill Davros as a child. Yes. And it's nowhere near as impactful or interesting as the conversation Tom Baker has back in, what, 70... What was it? 74? Is Genesis 74? Yes. It's his first series, isn't it? Yeah, 74. It might have been transmitted in 75, I'm not sure when the, yeah. when the season fell, but yeah. But, oh, fuck. So, Colin McFarlane. Wasted. Paul K. Yeah. Sorry, Game of Thrones, Paul Game K. Game of Thrones. Because if any actor has ever been in Game of Thrones, that immediately becomes their one credit Game of that Thrones the articles mention, apparently. Dennis Penis. Paul, Paul K. K. Game of Thrones, Paul K. Game of Thrones, Paul K. Paul K. Paul K. Peter is the voice of the Fisher King. Well, Corey am. Taylor as the vocal effect of the Fisher King, like <laughs> the sort of screams and roars. So it's tough. no, but it's an interesting because I think what happened there was like Slipknot were in Cardiff. They asked if they could come to the studios and have a look round. Yeah, and they went, yeah, and they showed around. They were like, we're on pre-pro on something actually at the minute with a monster. We sort of haven't figured out a roar. Do you want to provide effect? They were like, fuck yeah. So like the next day, he came back and recorded a bunch of sounds for him and everything. Yeah. And it's like, that's really cool. Like, he's, he's a fan of the show and he got to, like, be a monster. That's great. That is yeah, really that's, cool. That's always good. But it's a waste of an interesting experiment because the Fisher King is this... Du- it looks like you've, they've taken the upper half of 
the uh, Independence Day like alien armors, and then just sort of stuck a giraffe neck on it. Yeah, and put a skirt on it. It's well, there you go. really, really disappointing. Yeah, like they're interesting designs, but they're not. It doesn't do anything. It's, yeah, it's a really static. It looks like something out of the classic series. Yeah, and not in a good way. Yeah, I was gonna say at least those like have a sense of character to them. Yeah, um, it's oh. really stupid. It's really annoying because Paul Kay's character is one of the alien race that Debbie Williams was in the God Complex, and yet yeah. he doesn't display the same level of sort of cowardice and and survival, like shitting on other people to stay alive, kind of thing. But I think they throw in a bit of it. Yeah. But not enough to make you go, oh yeah, I remember Davy Williams' character. It's just like, oh, Paul Kay looks like a hamster with sideburns. What's going on? <laughs> and that's before the prosthetics. Hey! Um, oh, God. Sort of interesting cliffhanger when the ghost of the Doctor yeah. appears in the water at the end yeah. of part one. But then it never happens. Mm-hmm. So time doesn't... Oh, for God's sake. Time is in flux. Yeah, but don't sh- don't cheat a cliffhanger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, oh, God. Also, also worth mentioning that Sophie Stone, who plays Cass in this, mm. is um, a deaf actress. Yeah, and that that, that, that part's handled really, quite well really because nice. they don't. If, if I remember correctly, isn't she the one who figures out like what they're saying because she's lip reading? I think so. And also, so, so they they put they put it into the plot, but they don't like force it. In yeah, any way. and it never becomes like um, a thing of peril. I remember liking for that. Yeah. yeah, I remember liking but, that. Yeah, a lot, it was. Actually. It was I thought it was good. Um, um, see, they like but, you're saying, there's just these yeah. little moments and these little things, these touches. But like in this one, the Doctor's suddenly not midlife crisis, but incapable of social interaction because he has a series of comedy cue cards in his jacket. Like, he's he's in his 13th incarnation. He knows how to interact with people. Yeah. He can be cold and stony, but still know how to say words. I don't know. And there's an... Oh, There's an idea here because it's all, because when, when it becomes like the time travel thing between the lake before it was flooded, time before it was flooded, and then um, the, the the base underwater, it's like, well, was this when it when it turns out that they have to flood the town to keep the Fisher King, yeah, under, like, like a, a, dormant, to, to, suppose, yeah, yeah, to kill, we'll him, kill it basically, <laughs> um, that becoming. To kill it in the worst example of effects compositing ever created. You you see the episode, yeah, you saw it. Do you remember? You recall the Fisher King just shunting out of shot. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Um, Yeah, that that, that comes to questions like, well, (laughs) was that was that the reason? Was that the reason the lake was flooded? And it's a paradox thing of like, yeah. oh well, then at some point the doctor always came back here and always went back. So into why the would he be a ghost in the future? The because that never happened. Yeah. It's, oh Christ! Yes. Um, the next one is the girl who died. This I did see. Good luck. What's the synopsis, Matt? Right. So <laughs> this one I more or less remember. Right. <laughs> I think. Um, God from oh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail yells down from the clouds. Yeah, basically, <laughs> they're in Viking times and um, they're in Viking times. Oh, how can you tell? Because everyone's a Viking. Yep. Everyone's got stupid names and big moustaches and horns on their helmets. And Game of Thrones is Maisie Williams. Is, Wait, is who? Game of Thrones is Maisie Williams. Oh, not the Game of the Thrones. The game, the game of Thrones is 
the Maisie, the, the Maisie Williams. Williamses from the Games of Throneses. Um, she's a like Gollum, the Times of Thrones. Times of Thrones is precious. Gollum, Gollum. Um, Harry, Harry, Stark. Take him off, us. Um, <laughs> it burns. God, um, good. That's so freaking good. So it. She is like the dreamer of the of the clan, I guess. And everyone's so, like, so. "Oh, you need to grow up a shield. You're always telling stories." But Sorry, like, what did they... But in a Viking way, so like, say it to "Oh, a shield. You need to the day the day the They're all Swedish chefs, basically. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so and then like, like Monty Python God appears in the sky, and. Um, He's like, oh, I am Odin, and if you battle me, you will gain entry to Valhalla. It's David Schofield, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I like David Schofield. I'm with David Schofield. That's fine. Very nice, did, um, he, did he appear in the clouds? He didn't appear in the clouds. <laughs> you had to like, get stretch a boom mic up really like, tall to get his lines. Like, oh. <laughs> um, oh, God. He's got on great craggy faces. Anyway, <laughs> um, his Odin, though, is like the look of it, the style. <laughs> Is is like a weird mashup of, of Holy Grail, yeah, yeah, and Son of the Masks version of Odin. That must have been an intentional played reference. by Bob Hoskins. Oh God! <laughs> Which again is like in the clouds, like big shiny eye patch. Poor Bob Hoskins, God rest his soul. Oh Christ! Um, <laughs> Poor me, I'd pay for a ticket to see that piece of shit. Oh, he also gets his Sonic sunglasses broken. Yes, in this story. Yes, for how long? Oh yeah, well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. Anyway, um, so yeah, basically, and the, uh, and the doctor's like, "No, it's a trick. It's this race of aliens who who, who prey on who, who prey on people. I've got to train you all to fight and defend your village." Yeah, they're called the Maya. I think so. They? They're, they're, they're big sort of yellow uh, tanks. They sort of look like if the Jadoon had only like recycling bins and yellow spray paint to work with. Yeah, yeah, the Myers. And then when they took the head off later, they've not got like big bulky heads, they've got these weird creepy little sort of leech faces, haven't they? They've got like swirling teeth in the neck and everything. Um, yet another war race. They're basically yeah. Sontar and Sidemen. They're the same shit. Could have been Sontarans, but Sontarans don't have the character for that. Well, the Sontarans have too much character for this story because the story wanted to focus on the Game of the Thrones is the, the Game Maisie of the Williams, is the Maisie Williams rather than um, the alien threat any, anyway she's weirdly unique and special for some reason because she has an imagination I guess yeah um, and the comedy Vikings are going to be taught how to fight by a pacifist yeah and the Doctor realises <laughs> the Doctor realises that this is a bad plan Yes, and through and through <laughs> comedy things that happen, he's like, "Oh no, I've got a better plan." And he, if I remember correctly, the thing he sets up to trick them is actually kind of brilliant. Oh yeah, what yeah, it was. it's because um, I'm I'm go- I'm looking at Wikipedia here because I can't fucking remember. <laughs> um, so there's the baby, and he can speak baby. Oh yeah, to be, and, and they, did the baby esta- says, they did establish that. To be fair, in closing time, something in um, one last yeah, call for alcohol and uh, good uh, goes to war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um. So he, he has that moment where he's like, uh, <laughs> "She's called your mother, not big milk thing." He realizes. <laughs> he realizes that <laughs> big milk thing. Oh God! I am Storm again, Dark Lord of War. I, I have like a that. huge soft spot for for, for both of those series six episodes. Actually, oh God, oh, they are some of the few diamonds in that 
big rough. Yes, I think so. Um, <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> but, yes, but yeah, so he speaks to the baby. He speaks to the baby, and he and he, and the, he realizes that the baby's talking about electric eels or something. So he's like, "Oh, we've got electricity!" So he rigs up this thing to shout out the battle suits, and then he rigs up this sort of like theatrical sort of set to make him think he's a big old dragon. Um, sort of a shield as puppets, basically. Yeah. Um, but because they've got this sort of, because they've used the helmet to trick the. They, they, they shot out the suits and they use one of the helmets to trick the Maya so they get a shielder to, to wear the helmet so she can like project her imagination into him and scare him off yeah and that kills her but then he's got yeah. this thing which can bring people back from the dead yeah that apparently he's always he's had he's always had but never used because apparently it's it, it'll make him immortal effectively and he so that's why he's that. never used it but here we go. This is the person no, he chooses to this use This is the it person on. I'm going to use it on. The random teenage girl in a Viking village with primitive technology. Big idea. Oh, but no, technology. it's because he realises this, this is why he's got Peter Capaldi's oh, face. Oh, Christ. Yes, this so. is the episode where you get the flashback where he's like, oh, no, I chose Caecilius' Kaecil- face to, remember, to remind me that I can save everyone. So he's like, oh, I can save this girl by making her immortal. Which actually fucking ruins her life as we find out next week because he gives her a stone so she can choose one other person doesn't he like he gives her one is it a stone I can't remember he gives her one he's like here you go like you don't have to share you don't have to do this alone like if you find someone else you can give this gift to them too (sighs) wish me luck so um, (laughs) yes the woman who lives the woman who lives I didn't watch this one Doctor, it's a Claraless adventure, which was nice, um, but it did have Maisie Williams in it, so that ruined it a bit for me. Um, in this one, the Doctor meets her in Highway Times, Highwayman sort of era kind of thingy. She is uh, now called Me. Yeah, which is what? Because that's all she has ever been, Me. Sure. So her name is Me. Um, she's a highway, uh, robber. She's, you find out that she's led some pretty painful lives. She's fallen in love. She's had children. She's lost children. Like, you know, some pretty dark shit's happened to her. Stuff that, stuff that a really good actress could sink their teeth into. And she still looks 12. That's, that's the creepiest part, man. She's supposed to be really young in the Viking story, isn't she? I think she's meant to be like 15, 16. Mm. So technically, yes, the character is like a few hundred years old, but still. Still, yeah. come on. But yeah. also, Maisie Williams, power to you, girl. You're doing really well. But she was not the right actor to play this role. No. Because she doesn't have enough world experience to play someone who is that world-weary. Do you know what I mean? She just comes across as a, a kid playing an older person, and you're just like, you don't know. You don't know anything you're referring to. No. Like, if you'd have cast someone strange. in their 20s, they would have had a bit, you know, mid to late 20s, they would have had a bit more of a leg up to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not her fault, really. But it does take me out of it so much. If I remember correctly, the the plot has something to do with an alien lion thing? Let's find out! And Rufus Hound is a criminal? And what, in, she eventually in the, in the saves... In show, or just in general? In the show. <laughs> and she eventually... What did Rufus do? do show me on the doll where Rufus what did Hound did you... What well, did Rufus do? He has worked for the BBC. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Oops. Uh, so have that. you! 
Oh no! And you, listener, you too. You have worked for the BBC. Yes. So, uh, and then she chooses to save his life with the stone, so you've got an immortal robber. And then that character never plays into the rest of the series, so you wonder what the hell's going on there. Ah. Oh, God. That, yeah. And then at some point, the, uh, the meddling monk looks like Rufus Hound with the big moustache and the big Finnish audios. I don't know. I don't bloody know anymore. I just remember being very bored, mostly because of Maisie Williams' delivery. And this freaking Sonic Sunglasses came back, and I was like, oh, for God's well, sake. Well, I'd been so bored by the last episode that I didn't watch this one, yeah. and I didn't watch the next one. What's the next one? The Zygon... Does it have a giant lion in it? The Zygon Invasion. <laughs> oh, shit, you know, I forgot about this. I watched the Zygon Inversion, <coughs> but I didn't watch the Zygon Invasion. I'll take Invasion then. Uh, so, Dr. and Clara apparently are fully aware that Earth has a population of Zygons now. After the events of Day of the Doctor, the one unanswered question in that was, where are all the Zygons going to go? Well, it turns out that they're living on Earth and they're disguised as people that are already dead or like they look like people on the other side of the world to they're copies, so there's no clashing, and they're just trying to live in peace, and one of them is... Oh, for Christ's sake. Osgood's alive, but we don't know if it's Osgood, the real person, or Osgood, the Zygon copy, because, of course, Osgood was killed by Missy last series. Yeah. By the end of this story, um, one of the Zygons that was in the story, I think it's the one that was Clara's character, Bonnie or whatever she was called, becomes the other Osgood, so you still don't quite know what the hell's going on with that. Long story short, uh, it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but dull. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, it all becomes a giant metaphor for ISIS. Yeah. It's really awful. And the the world sucked its dick, and I don't understand why. I think a lot of it's to do with the Zygon inversion and that speech at the end of it where he basically says like wars can be avoided not every time but they can be if you just fucking sit down and hash it out and it's such a naive thing to say in that moment it works really well but then the internet fellated this speech for weeks and still does whenever world war becomes a potential looming prospect yeah Ever since, and it's happened a few t- more times than I'd like. But in the last couple of years, there's been these horrible moments where in the real world, something political, something military, insists that some country may be about to go to an all-out war with another. And what does Twitter do? They repost this bastard speech. Because this is going to solve war. Christ alive. Yeah. Not to fault Capaldi's delivery. He's great in that moment. It's, it's one of those moments that Again, like I mentioned before, it's one of the, the moments where he shines. Yeah, but it's sort of been shat uh... on by the world overblowing it. Yeah. Uh, Jenna Coleman playing Bonnie. I think it's actually my favourite performance of hers in Doctor Who. Mm. Like, her being evil Clara works. And I mean, evil Clara's in muhaha, moustache twirling, you know, monocle wearing evil Clara. Not, I'm going to throw your TARDIS keys into lava, evil bitch. Yes. Um... 
Osgood's still a thing. I like Ingrid Oliver. I just couldn't give a shit about yeah. Osgood. Yeah. Um, Kate Stewart's still kind of useless. <laughs> There's a really yeah. interesting bit where one of the Zygons like is in the council state or whatever in the shop. Yeah, dies. That's kind of sad and that's in gross. That's in, that's in the second part. Yeah, I part saw two, that. Yeah, yeah. that's in Zygon inversion. That's nice and gross um, and kind of scary. The Zygons don't look up close. They look scary, like yeah. the teeth and the sounds and the way the performers do it. But when they're snatching kids in the playground, they look hilarious. Yeah, they're just goofy. It's a goofy design. It's a goofy design, yeah. and just they, from a distance, they just look like big. Or it's only when you get up close and see like the sort of babyish face in this mound of suckers. That yeah. looks creepy. From a distance, it just looks a bit silly. Uh, let's touch on uh, a second. The second... Is this the second? I think it might be. Uh, the Thick of It reunion. We've got Malcolm Tucker and Nicola Murray running around together in America in a scene that should have been so much more see, tense. I didn't see that. That's, That's the in first part, part one. Yeah, there's a scene that. that should be so much more tense where like someone's one of the soldiers' mums steps out of the church and like it's clearly the Zygon, but they're talking them round. And everyone's like, hold your fire! And it's like, no, like, fire and all this. But it's not played tense enough. It's really... Like, the Doctor goes to America for reasons. For, like, a scene. And then he goes back. And the only reason that they travelled anywhere is so they could have the bit on the plane as the cliffhanger, basically. Um, first proper mention of the brig as well, like, in, in a non-cybery way. Because yeah. there's portraits on the plane, and that's quite cool. That's a nice, That's one of those classic series nods where it's like, all right, I don't mind that. That works. Um, I don't get the love for this story. No, I mean, I think I don't think it's a bad bit of television, but I don't get it. Highlight of the series, maybe? Uh, no, I would argue the highlight is the first forty-three minutes of Heaven Sent. Yeah, I'll probably go with you on that. Not the last two minutes. Um, as much as as much as I didn't hate it, yeah. I didn't like it enough. It's no Impossible Planet, Satan Pit, you know, um, Family of Bloods. Like you know, you know, it's none of those two parters where you're like, yes, we had a great time watching this. It's just bleak, and I've come to watch the show with the silly time traveling man in the box. Yeah. Like you can tell dark stories with Doctor Who, you can tell bleak stories, but ultimately, but it's an ultimate, it's about adventure, it's an optimistic and show, optimism, yeah. and I think that's what this series was missing. Yeah, it was oh, too, God, it was too dark. Um, dark sci-fi has its place, but Doctor Who is not it. Um, but yeah, I didn't like the story enough to watch the next two episodes. Yeah, okay. I did not see hit me, hit me, sleep. No more. Not as terrible as the internet says it is, but at the same time, not groundbreaking. Um, well, it's got your mate Reese in it, so. Yeah, and, and written by my mate Mark. Yeah. Collusion! So, basically, I'm a shell, I'm a paid shell. Listen, it's about ethics. Yeah, basically. It's about ethics in television journalism. <laughs> television journalism. Um, basically, uh, there's a crew on a ship for some reason. And the story is told from their head cams. Although at the beginning we're given an introduction by uh, Rishi Smith's character saying, like, this is the events. Like, I've pieced them together as best I can. And you see the story being told from this. is like the kind of, you know, space marine sort of thing. You see it from the head cams. The Doctor and Clara get involved. They start to help with the investigation while also being suspect themselves. 
at one point, very nicely, very subtly, early in the story, Clara's POV is the POV for mm. a few shots. And that's nice and creepy, because you're like, wait a minute, she's not wearing a camera. Mm. There's some awkwardly handled subplot with Bethany Black's character that is mostly made awkward because of the character's characterization, Not her performance choice, but more the lines and, and the way her character's referred to is all really weird and strange. Um, it would have been nice for her to have been given a part that wasn't a grunt. It would have been nice to have yeah. her have a part. Because having seen her in um, Banana, she was great. Um, it's just it's a shame. I still need to finish watching Banana. Uh, banana. And Cucumber for that matter. <laughs> well, we're having a box set night then. Uh, but we'll have to flip between discs so we can enjoy um, it. The way. You, you need to watch it the way it was meant to be watched, which yeah, is Cucumber, yeah. Banana, Cucumber, Banana, Cucumber, Banana. Um, so it is. But um, yeah. um, there's that, la la la, monsters made from the sleep in the corner of your eye. That's where it gets ridiculous. <laughs> because they look creepy until you sum them up like that. Monsters made from the gunk in the corner of your eye. And then you go, you what, mate? Um, so there's that. There is a way to do this, but I think Doctor Who was almost too family-friendly a place, if that makes any sense. Like, if you could go all-out horror with this, like really grotesque, scary body horror, you'd go, what a silly concept. Oh my god, they're terrifying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Where yeah. You, you just sort of go, okay... But there's some nice stuff in there. It's just people hated the gimmick, and I think I think I think the thing people hated wasn't the first person. I think it was the moment they realised it was monsters made out of the gunk in the corner of your eye. The internet just went nope, and decided it was the worst thing since um, uh, what's it? Sliced cock, sliced lemon monsters. How dare you? <laughs> um, I fucking hate lemon monsters, Chris. Surprise! There's a twist. They don't find out. What exactly? They basically the Doctor Clara and I think a couple of the people do manage to get off the base. They don't really find out exactly what went on, but they escape. And then at the end, Reese Smith's character runs up, basically like, "Yeah, no, I was behind it all." And the thing is, we're we're transmitting to survive. We're transmitting what's left of us out through like a signal. Um, in fact, it's that's what you're watching. So thank you because we've escaped now. Um, and as his face starts to dissolve and melt away in a shot that I hope will... Like, in 20 years' time, when you have a bunch of people talking about, like, you know, uh, do you remember Doctor Who? Like, Channel 4-style talking headshot. A bunch of people who were kids at that point, I hopefully will be going, the thing that scared me the most when I was a kid was that one where the guy's head started to crumble apart at the end. Because you know that... I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if the whole episode came to mind just for that last shot. Like the cane scene in Dragonfire. Yes, it was just yeah. like those moments where you're yeah. like, those are the ones that are going to stick people. His head falls to pieces and he basically says like, you've got something there in the corner of your eyes. His head starts to dissolve and you're like, oh shit. And I would have really appreciated that a lot more were it not for the fact I'd heard it done before in the 10th Doctor audio story, Dead Air, which is a BBC uh, radio archive recording salvaged from a pirate radio station's uh, wreckage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's narrated by the 10th Doctor, and he's telling you the story of what happened since he arrived there as this creature called the Hush that survives in silence and everything, la, 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 la. And by the end of the story, you realise the tape you're listening to is how he's trapped it by recalling the story and, like, stalling enough. And at the end, he and the Hush, like, basically talk, and he it's like, it's trapped there forever. As long as no one plays the tape, it'll be fine. And then he makes sure the ship sinks. And then at the very end of the recording, there's a pause, and the tape starts again from the beginning. Ah. And you suddenly realise the opening line is about you, the listener, not about 
the doctor where he says like if you can hear this one of us is going to die because you suddenly realise you've been listening to the story that the hush is contained in and now it's loose in your house slash car wherever you're listening to the story great idea it's loose in your car great idea terrifying it's in your glove box I listen, in your glove box I listened to this for the first don't time don't go for those worthers oh god I leave listen. them there the hushed worthers don't eat the worthers <laughs> Not without granddad. I listened to I listened to that for the first time on my own in my tiny little flat in London and it freaked me out because I finished listening to it at night and I was just lay there like, why is this scaring me so much? I've not been scared like that. I think, I think I would have been affected more by the end of Sleep No More had I not heard Dead, dead Air. Um, that's my recommendation I'm basically giving, guys. Download or buy the CD copy of the 10th Doctor audio story, Dead Air. It's read by David Tennant, and it's freaking brilliant. Would you say it's the best story of Series 9? <laughs> the Series 9 that never was. Um, <clears throat> I think Sleep No More is, is not as dreadful as the internet thinks it is. There are worse crimes this series. Your opinions, Christopher. Yeah. You and your opinions. Me and my opinions. Um... I just, I just think it was one of those that, like, one website wrote a think piece on it and the rest jumped on the bandwagon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, got, it got dragged. It got raked across the coals. Um, more so than it deserved. But because yeah. it was an actual sci-fi story and not, like, a poorly made allegory with Zygons for ISIS. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, Zygons for ISIS... Zygons for ISIS! Face the Raven, anyone? That's, there's no, there's Again, no I didn't there. watch this. Face the Raven is... Zygons for ISIS. Have you got, have you got the writer title. there? Is it Sarah Dollard? Sarah Dollard, yeah, yeah. Now, Sarah Dollard wrote a script about a thing called the Trap Street, these streets that exist between streets, these hidden little places. It's the return of... Um, oh, what's the character called? Riggsy. From, Riggsy from Flatline, mm. played by Jovian Wade. Yep. Um, good actor. Interesting character. They made this weird thing about it, like, Riggsy's back, everyone! And everyone was like, who? Which is not a comment on how Jovian Wade performs, just more on her whole, like, was he was he a big thing? What? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was weird how they marketed it. Um, uh, he's discovered this trap tree, this thing, this extra place. Sarah Dollard wrote a script about this and then was asked by Stephen Moffat to write The Death of Clara. So, and, and to have a shield here put in it as well. So basically, Sarah Dollard's original script, there's an alternate universe where her original story exists. I'd like to see that version. Face the Raven as it stands isn't bad, but it's basically a 45-minute build-up to Clara's death. That should um, be fucking great, then. Yeah, you would think so, but it's a death that includes lots of dialogue between her and the Maisie Williams of the Game of the Thrones, yeah. who at this point has been alive for, like, 800 years and is, like, the current leader of this trap street. And there's all these alien types in the same vein of Rings of Akatem where it's reused bits and bobs of other costumes that you could easily identify and it's just really odd and weird and uh, basically it's to do with this bracelet, the tattoo and the thing is going to kill you in a certain amount of time. Clara's just like, look, I've taken this thing off of Riggsy. It's going to kill me. Stop trying to find a way around it. Just let it kill me. Yeah. Because then it's not going to kill anyone else. I don't have to pass it on. Like it follows, but you know, not as good. Um, so she does she walks out into the street and this thing manifests in the form of a raven for some reason and she goes out into the street and she just accepts death and Jenna Coleman plays this really nicely because if I remember correctly she does start sort of like quietly cry to herself but is like no like this is the right thing to do she doesn't like I don't want to do it she like just accepts and it's really nicely played and the raven like flies into her and there's a beam of light and then Clara Oswald is dead 
And the Doctor's like, no, like I'm going to sort this. I'm going to find out who's put you here, like a shielder, who's given you all this stuff, la la la. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to save her. Hmm. And it somehow involves him going into his confession dial. Yes. And that's how the episode ends. It's fine. But the problem is, it's part one of three. So, like Utopia before it, this episode doesn't really stand on its own if you want to talk about it in full. Um, difference is, Utopia's got Derek Jacobi in it. The ching. So. Always good. Always a good thing. Chan, always a good thing, though. though. So, <laughs> let's talk Heaven Sent. This is the episode Capaldi will be remembered for. It's the, it's the best episode of this season, hands down. I think it's the best Capaldi episode. I'd argue. Um, but because it's the one where he's allowed to be the Doctor, he's not performing alongside Clara Smugswold. Yeah, I really I, I really think Clara dragged the show down. And he's not performing alongside the Maisie with the Williams of the Game of the Thrones and all this stuff. Like, it's just yeah. pure, unfiltered, uncut, European sweating Capaldi. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Throbbing Peter. Euro trash. Throbbing Capaldi. Peter. <laughs> Throb-headed Peter. Throb, throb. <laughs> Throbbing Pete meat. <laughs> well, there's the episode title. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, that thick Capaldic. Oh! Oh, oh God! That's the that's the eighteen after the watershed version. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, Matt, what's the plot of Heaven Sent? Sorry, what's the quote unquote plot? The quote it's unquote one of those occasions plot. where the plot really doesn't matter. Basically, the Doctor's in this castle, um, and the castle's like one big saw trap room. And he has to keep trying to work out how to get out of it. Yeah. And then at the end, of, basically, he works out the way around it. And then this thing kills him at the end. Yeah, every time. Every time. And then he teleports back to the start of it. He doesn't remember his last journey through it. Yeah, so every time cool. is a rediscovery. Every time yeah. is a, where am I? What is this? Well, we start... but, but there's evidence of, oh, someone else has been here because things have been, things have been touched. Yeah. There's my, there's my coat drying by the fire. What's going on? And all these different things. So he starts to realize that he's been there before. That he's been there before. Then he starts to leave messages to him, for himself. But he's already started leaving messages to himself. He's already realized that before. And then eventually, through billions of years... Yeah, four billion, I think it is, by the end. Four billion yeah. years, he finally manages to punch his way out. Punch his way through the crystal ball. Hmm. Which is a great idea, like, because it's... I can't remember um, what the story's based on. It's based on the story, like, the, the bird or whatever pecking at the... Yeah, yeah. ...the mountain, like, a thousand lifetimes or whatever. It's a great idea. And once he realises that's the final part of the quest... Yeah. ...is he basically is punching a diamond wall... Because he knows the TARDIS, like home freedom, is on the other side. Well, it's not the, t- the TARDIS behind it, it's that that'll get him out of the confession dial. Yeah. Would you re- at the end, you realise he's in the confession dial, he's on Gallifrey, and. and he twigs that the reason, but he, the, way, the way out of there is to yeah. either confess, and this is where this shit comes up again, we've not mentioned this actually, the hybrid. 
So in the first story, Davros mentions, like, you know of the legends, Doctor, a hybrid, part yeah. Time Lord, part Dalek. And you're like, what? What's this? It's said to bring about the end of days. And you're like, too late, mate. Gallifrey's trapped somewhere and Scarrow's fucked. So I don't know what you're talking about. Then later on, we find out that's got nothing to do with anything. The hybrid's part Time Lord, part human. So we all started to speculate, oh shit, it's him. Are they straight up going, yes, his mum was human? Are they going to draw on the TV movie? I mean, fair enough. Like, power to you if you've got a good story to tell with this. Go for it. Um, but we don't get that. No. Nope. Um, then there's all these references to a hybrid. The confession dial wants to know what the hybrid is. Or wants to know what the Doctor knows of the hybrid. So... If he says what it is, he'll be released. But he refuses to tell anyone. He refuses so much that he lives for four billion years over, like, 20,000 million deaths, like, in a loop. Punching, avoiding this creature, seeing portraits of Clara, seeing skulls filling the river. Who puts the skulls in the river? That's what I'm going to know. Oh, yeah. Punching a diamond wall. Like, 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 to get an inch into the diamond, he has to have punched it, like, five million times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they're implying that he would rather die and suffer and die again than confess what he knows about the hybrid. So we as the viewers are like, oh shit, this must be really serious. This must be some serious... The Doctor knows something important. Everything about this is great. His, his bit at the end, where he's... Like, it, it's cutting to... Him saying the story about the bird pecking at the mountain every time. Yeah. Obviously, it's showing him saying it over a thousand different deaths. And the creature looks spooky as hell. Like, it's eight foot tall. It glides. It's got those big creepy hands. It burns skin and all this. Yeah, because each time he escapes it, doesn't he? It goes back to the thingy room, pulls the thing, like, evaporates, turns to a skull and dust, and then the new Doctor appears. Um... He gets through it and he gets out. Phenomenal. Great performance by Capaldi. Excellent editing in that final segment. Yeah. Then he gets out. He stood in the middle of a field. There is a child there. He's holding the confession dial. And he tells the child, he says, go to the citadel. Tell them I'm here. Yeah? Yeah. The child runs away. And the camera pulls wide. This this gormless faced child uh, runs away. The camera pulls wide to reveal Gallifrey. We are on Gallifrey. We are back here. It's the first time he has set foot there properly since what? When was the last time he got a freaking trial of a time lord? Like God. No, he, he wasn't he wasn't even on Gallifrey. Sagacity, are you telling me that's somewhere else? Oh yeah, it was, it was on the space station, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Alright, so Christ, even before then. <clears throat> um Shit, Ark of Infinity. Would that be the last time he was on Gallifrey? Or is that before Five Doctors? Uh, Basically, it's been a shit, shitting long time yeah. since we've seen the character on Gallifrey proper. Yes. Uh, obviously, he was technically on Gallifrey and Day of the Doctor in the barn, but whatever. Whatever. Like, it's in a barn. Um, <laughs> just a fucking barn. A random barn. A barn that isn't significant in his life in any way and stop trying to tell us any different. Oh, wait, the next episode tries to tell us again. <laughs> so, um, so he gets there. You see Gallifrey, and we're sat there on the couch, like as viewers, shitting our pants with excitement. This is amazing. And then he leads to the confession dial and he says, are you listening? I hope you are. So like, who's he talking to then? And he basically says, the hybrid is me. Roll credits. Before we get into yeah. the next episode, he confessed to what the hybrid was, allegedly. And then you find out in the next episode he didn't know what the hybrid was anyway. 
And it turns out it is him, sort of. But he didn't know that. But it still never... It's... But it means, like, why is he telling them that? Why is he telling them an answer if he'd rather die a million trillion times than tell them? Why is he just chucking it out? Do you know what I mean? Also... Why, why don't you just say that to them in the first place and then they go, is it? Okay, right, out you go. Even in the next story, oh, God. it's never made clear what the hybrid is. Uh, it's implied toward the end by a shielder that the hybrid is his and Clara's relationship. Their friendship will lead to the destruction of worlds and Gallifrey and all this stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't because they get parted and he gets memory wiped. So it's a paradox. It never let's, happens. Let's get into Hellbent. Oh, fucking hell. Bent. <laughs> what happens in Hellbent, Matt? Give me a three sentence summary or try to. Good luck. <sighs> I think we need a beer for this. <laughs> Do you want a beer? Yeah, I want a beer. <laughs> so, the doctor tells Rassilon to piss off. Oh, yeah, because Rassilon's inside the Time Lords again. Timothy Dalton's back? Nope. Oh. It's um, Donald, Sump- Donald uh, Sumter. Please say his full name. The Game of the, the game Thrones. The Game of the Thrones Donald is Donald Sumter. Sumter. <laughs> Forget all um, the other things he's done over his long and history career. Well, like Black Mirror, season one, the National Anthem, oh, yeah. that I did a video about. Um, Being human in recent years, like that's genre telly that they could have drawn on. Not a hybrid, uh, just human. <laughs> um, being being hybrid. He, anyway. tell, he, he tells... Uh, Best of luck. Hellbent. Um, <laughs> he tells uh, Rassilon to, to fuck off. Um, yeah, he does. And then... Yeah, he does. He gets the Time Lords to to bring back Clara from an instant before her death, <laughs> suspended in a time loop. So she's got no pulse and she can't age. Um, then he and Clara escape. Yeah, uh, into after the... after again. Sorry, just to reiterate, after he murders another Time Lord, yeah. that he doesn't need to murder. But he does, he doesn't need to murder. He does make sure he could just point the gun at them and maybe like get out of the way. And then go through the door. But he does make sure that they can regenerate before he shoots them. Still murder, Matt. Still murder. Still murder. Yeah. I know that that's how a lot of people defended it as well, but it's still murder. It's also the first time... The man who abhors violence. Like, it freaking kills a Time Lord. It's also when we get on-screen confirmation that male Time Lords can regenerate into female Time Lords. And then still, in very Moffat tradition, be like, oh, thank God, I hated that. I hated being a man. It's like, you yeah, don't have to say that. Sure you do. And also, why are you so immediately ingrained in your character the moment you transform? Well. Don't all Time Lords have a have a period of sort of readjustment? I think it's implied because they're on Gallifrey and the Time Lords are around to be like, yo, I find that, that boy. I find the idea they're like, oh, well, I guess we're fine now. I, thought, I feel like I the know. implication was always that because the Doctor was like on his own. Oh, the t- well, that was the thing as well. The TARDIS out. helped him regenerate. Yeah, That's yeah. what they established early on, didn't they? Yeah. It, it didn't. Um, it, he needs to be on Gallifrey, really, where they can sort him out. So technically, if they regenerate, if she regenerated, he he to she regenerated in their purest possible way on Gallifrey and everything. First regeneration into second incarnation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, surely the clothes should have changed as well. General be damned, the clothes should have instantly changed because that's how the first Doctor changed. You think so? His entire outfit changed. His clothes... Um, 
she that actress plays the general well after that point. I like oh, yeah, I like yeah, the yeah. guy because he was from Day of the Doctor as well, and yeah. I like him. Yeah, and I like the way she plays what the part, name? but it felt Ken weird. Bones. Ken Bones. Ken Bones. Not to be confused with Ken Bones, not the Ken dude Bones. from the presidential second presidential Actually, did, debate, did Ken Bones? candidate debate. Yeah. Um, not not to be confused with Ken Bone. Ken oh my Bone. god. Um, Around the time that was when the internet were doing, were back in one of their debates again about the next doctor should be female, the next doctor should be yeah. like black, the next doctor should be you know young, the next doctor should be old, la la la. It almost felt like the general's transformation was to shut everyone up. Look, we did it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that wasn't the case. I hope they just were like, you will play this other incarnation brilliantly, and that was the casting. But I, I'd, I'd be interested to look at the script. Yeah. And see if the script said well, like, I'd be to look a black female. Because it's like, oh, oh wow, you're being pretty sort of like, oh, we've done it now. There you go, everyone shut up. I'd be interested to look at the script to see if reading the script made any more sense than watching the fucking episode. Oh, God. So they go into so they the... escape what, into the, the cloisters, cloisters where the Matrix is and there's wraiths in there that are sort of... Undead, shadowy time lords yeah. with torches for faces. I guess so. And um, there are dead Daleks because Daleks have tried to get in there. Yeah. And th- there's a Cyberman, but it's like a Cyber Cyberman or whatever. So it's like, well, how the fuck did they get there? Yeah. There's a weeping angel? Yeah. Because we need them in every series now. And, and <sighs> spin-offs also. Um, also... So, and then they're like, oh, oh well. Maybe that's whatever upward reach is. They're trying to claw out the frickin' basement that is the cloisters. Yeah. Um, so they end up stealing another TARDIS and going to the end of the universe and a shield is there Ugh. and she's the last thing. Al- Maisie, Maisie Williams is the game of the thrones. It's the last being alive at the end of the universe, minutes before it collapses. I presume she'll also die. Oh, yes. When the universe yeah. collapses. Yeah, yeah. Or she'll just be floating around. No, she's going to go into a cosmic egg and be reborn as Galactus the Devourer in the next universe. Oh, cool. Fair That's is. the actual origin of Galactus, by the way. The Maisie of the Williams is the Galactus. <laughs> no, the actual origin of Gal- Galactus in Marvel Comics is that he's the last being alive from the previous universe. That's kind of great, though. Because yeah. he is a big cosmic being. He's a giant, imposing, billion-foot-tall thing floating around on a big mechanical chair that sucks planets dry. Yeah, like he survives the he's end of not, the universe. He's not a five-foot-one baby-faced woman who apparently is an immortal. He's a normal dude in his universe. Yeah. And then <laughs> he survives the end of it by becoming Galactus yeah. in the next universe. Devourer of becoming the Devourer of um, universal balance. Anyway, um, yeah, and they ask her about the hybrid, and the, and she's like, "Oh well, I don't know what the hybrid is. Maybe it's you and Clara and your but relationship." Why would she know anything about this shit? Don't know. Don't know. Oh god. And then basically, basically, the so the doctor's like, he's got this gadget, and he's like, "Well, I can erase my memories of you, and that'll keep you safe, and you'll and you'll live because he won't be able to find you." Um. Yeah, and that's what happens basically. And you forget, and it turns out that the the, the waitress that he's been um, regaling, regaling the tale to, to is in, Clara in America. Apparently, I mean, we as the audience know it's Clara because she's identical to Clara. Mm. Um, well, 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 that's the thing. At the beginning of the episode, they sort of do it in a way where we as we as nerds are like, "Oh, is she one of the the splinters?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. But by the end, it's like, "No, this is Clara." This is Clara. Because um, um, then he leaves the diner. 
that he meets her in after regaling her the story. And then the, and the TARDIS is there behind the dino and it's got flower paintings all over it and a picture of Clara painted on it, which I think is from... I think Riggsy did that yeah, after Face, Face the Raven. Raven. Yeah. And then Clara, the diner disappears. The diner dematerializes. To and, reveal that Clara and, and the, the shield are, are now... And this is a shield from the end of the universe. They're having So this is her from the end of the universe. So she continues to live. For billions of years. And they go off in a TARDIS together. To have adventures. And someone online cleverly splintered footage of them zipping off in their diner-shaped TARDIS into the cyber ship, smashed into pieces and blowed up in a shark. <laughs> which I loved. love that idea. Oh. Um, so Clara not only lives, she lives to have adventures. Potential spin-off adventures with the Maisie of the Williams. Chris, I hate this fucking episode so I, much. I hate, I hate it I hate, so much. I hate this series. But I'm looking at the reviews for it. People fucking love this series. Like, the press fucking loved this series. A word on Doctor Who's continued praise. Now, opinion is subjective. But if you look at it from a constructive... Like, in a constructive way, it isn't as good as an overall product as it was. Nope. In that first five years. I'm talking about the stuff that everyone says doesn't matter, but then they brag about when it does well. I'm talking about viewing figures. I'm talking about overall watching. I'm talking about the the home media selling. I'm talking about merch. I'm talking about, most importantly, kids being interested. It isn't as high as it was. It really isn't. Yeah. And people will defend that. So it's not about viewing figures these days anymore. It's not about overnights. But then when the overnights do well, they brag about it. So it's like, so it is about overnights then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of people, and this happens with a lot of shows, it seems that people are, not everyone, if you're genuinely enjoying it, power to you, honestly. I'm so glad you are, I really am. But, there are a lot of people, in the press, out the press, online, that will defend it to the death, because they're embarrassed to not. Mm -hmm. They're embarrassed to admit it's not as good anymore. That's, you don't have to... You owe it nothing. It might it might have inspired you. It may have inspired you to, like, write. It may have inspired you to act. It may have just made you more accepting of the world around you. It may have made you into more of an adventurer. You may have found connections with the characters, new and old, that you've never met with other fictional characters before. That is great. But they don't owe you anything, and you don't owe them anything. No. No. Like, the show owes you a lot. It owes you a thanks for tuning in, for buying the merch, for going to the live musical like tours. But if you're not enjoying it, you don't have to... And this is the thing. If you're not enjoying it, that's fine. If you are enjoying it, that's fine. It's better but it, even but if you're are, having a good time. But if you are or aren't enjoying it and are attacking other people for not enjoying it, sort yourself out. Seriously. You don't have to defend it like this. And likewise... You don't have to attack other if people. If you aren't enjoying it, and you were attacking people who are enjoying it. Also, stop that shit. Like, we're not Agreed. Going, we're not yeah. going to attack anyone here. We're Agreed. just giving you our opinion. I I hate a lot of the current version. I hate a lot of it. But if you enjoy it, you are not wrong. In fact, I might be like, oh, really? Like that? Okay. But then we'll talk about it and we'll discuss it. And you won't change my mind, and I won't change yours. But we might learn a few things about the other opposite, the opposite opinion. 
And that's what being human's about, having conversations. It's about loving and hating everything. I thought being human was about a vampire and a ghost living in a flat. <laughs> uh, being hybrid. <laughs> so, being uh, hybrid. Up. So all that, all that shit, yeah. Hy- and the entire plot of one episode being about him trying to, being made to confess the identity of the hybrid, which yeah. apparently he knew, and not only does he not know who, what the hybrid is, but we never get fucking told what the hybrid is. We get... An implication. It's an entire season-long mystery with no resolution again. Also, Razalon, who the last time we saw him was a psychotic despot, dictator-esque murderer with an electric glove of death, is now Bran's teacher from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and just goes, "All oh, right, I guess I'm banished then. Oh, I'm banished, am I? Oh, okay. Bye. I'll take my evil gauntlet with me. Bye." Bye. Oh Christ. Uh. If you want to hear our thoughts on the Husbands of River Song and Do- Turn Doctor Mysterio, check out our Drunken Catch-Up episode. Boy, have we got a podcast for you. Yeah, it's a few episodes back. Look for River Song's smiling face. Uh, but quick thoughts. Uh, Husbands of River Song. Uh, it's not very good. No, there's some, again, some very nice set design. They reuse the Trap Street, obviously, at the beginning, though. But there's some very nice set design. There's some wonderful costume stuff. In there. Here's something that we, I think we can agree on. The show consistently looks really good. Not always. Not all... Well, yeah, not always. Fish King. Yeah. But at the same time, though, all the old undersea based off the ghost designs, yeah. like, there is there is never... There is never an episode where you look at it and you go, this looks... Like, the look of this is abysmal. Like, everything looks nice. And I think it's down to, like, the, the work Michael Pickwell and his team do with the designs. I think it's down to the cinematography. I'm not with some of the design. Like, I didn't like the design of the of the, the big robot suit in Lost in the River Song. <laughs> If that, you know what? I think I would have accepted it more were it not a another bloody reskinned Mission Twenty One Ten prop, and two slash B. Um, if they'd have made a freaking toy, if they'd have made a toy, I think I would have gone. All right, okay. It looked a bit too much like Baymax. <laughs> oh God! You're saying Greg Davies is Baymax? No, the suit did though. <laughs> I want, to, I want to see Big Hero 6 with Baymax Bay voice with Greg Davies. Davies' head on it. Um, oh, God. That's, that's a, oh, there's a sequel. Yeah. There's a sequel! But yeah, Husband of the Song was... Eh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and... The Return of Dr. Mysterio. Uh, be- better than... Uh, but still not great. It's all right. Uh, a miniseries has just started from Titan Comics about the ghost. Uh, right? Uh, that was my reaction. My reaction was... Really? Okay, I didn't like the ghost, particularly in Return of Doctor Mysterio, but I would read a comic miniseries about the superhero character because then we could maybe sort of flesh it out a bit and show him in a superhero mode. As far as I know, that the Doctor's involved in the story from the beginning, so it's like, oh, well, that's not special then. Mm. Like, it, yeah. Um. So, yes. The pilot. The pilot. We've seen the pilot. We've seen the pilot. We think that uh, Hartnell is a little cold in it, so <laughs> they might have to reshoot it. Um, so there's some directorial fluffs as well, directional fluffs. And um, <laughs> I just think everybody's a bit too loose on the lines. Reshoot probably for the best. Yeah. Sydney said yeah. that they're going to do one next week, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, five out of ten. Uh, <laughs> the pilot. The pilot. Let's. Let's, in the interest of fairness, because we've moaned a lot, yeah, as we like to do, yeah. Um, let's give let's give a pro a pro each. I like Pearl Mackey. I like Pearl Mackey's energy. It's a very nice change of pace from yeah. Clara. 
I'm not sure if I, the, there's no smug wry grinning. Yeah. There, what, there's there's energy. There's 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 a, there's a hint of Donna and a hint of Martha in terms of the energy and now, the, the, now the passion and again, for what's happening around her. I think there was maybe a I don't think there was because I was worried from the trailers that she'd be grating. And I don't think mm. there are any moments in this episode that she's grating on me. Not her. But um something about her didn't really get to me though, but, but that'll, that'll be my first con. <laughs> but Bill but, but Bill as a companion has promised maybe. I think, I, yeah. I think she could be good. I don't hate Bill and I, I'm interested to see where they take. Yeah. And I like Bill Mackey's performer. Yeah, I think she's good. Con. Uh Bill's dialogue is very Stephen Moffat. At least in week one. Yeah. Which is a shame. Because for all of Pearl's sort of energy and like potential likability that we can sense, we're like, yeah, yeah, we can see her being interesting. She still like fancies a girl and stops fancying her because she got fat. Uh, Like that's kind of a shallow thing to introduce in your first minute of a character being on screen. Um, There's that whole Stephen thing of like, uh, like her, like her, the, the, Pearl was saying in the press before. This is not to knock the importance of having a prominently gay character in a family show like this. This yeah. is not to knock the importance, but Pearl said in the interviews before the series came out that Bill is gay, but it doesn't define who she is. It's just part of her life because that is what your sexuality is in real life. It's just yeah. part of you. It doesn't define you. However, majority of Bill's story in episode one was about her relationships with either fancying people or quote unquote perving on people. And it's just like, I hope the rest of the series isn't just about her love interests, because then you are kind of pigeonholing no, her to I, just her sexuality yeah, as I don't think as it, her characters are. I don't think it will be, but you you could have a similar... You, we had a similar plotline with um, Clara and Danny Pink, of like her, her sexuality driving her for an entire season. Yeah. So I think it's... I don't, I, you know. Oh no, but I mean, like she didn't join the TARDIS because she... Like wanted to impress a boy, or do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, Bill. Yeah, I mean, like Amy, Amy had that at the start, and at the beginning it was interesting. Yeah, and then it, in repeat viewings, it became odd and a bit yeah. uncomfortable. Martha had that in part, but her character obviously was like we we can now look back on that, and the whole season was about her as a person developing, realizing the silly crush thing is not important yeah. and then telling him at the end you do need to be more considerate of other people because you are blinded by your puppy love for someone who's not here anymore and they called it puppy love <laughs> just because they know um I, just, I would like to learn more about her other than who she fancies basically yeah well um, I, yeah I think no I think that was just a, a way into a yeah, I don't think we'll. I don't think that. Yeah, be much but, but at the same time, don't you think there would have been more impact if she and Heather were already a thing? Yeah, probably. Rather than had a couple of conversations, probably. Yeah, because I didn't believe for a second that Heather would follow her to the ends of the universe after two conversations. Yeah, they didn't. Um... Similarly, I don't believe she would be as devastated as she was by that. Yeah, it was too saw... soon. I don't think they saw the relationship properly. Pros. Um... I like this version of the Twelfth Doctor. Yes. This version? Yeah, because Capaldi is consistently a great performer, but my God, they write him different every Peter Capaldi's year. always good, but they can never decide on who the Doctor is. I don't mind this version. I quite like him. I quite like it. Um, and I also, as part of that, I actually enjoy his relationship with Nardole. They've made I didn't Nardole think I was going to. Relatively but... bearable. Nardole is canine. He's v- Yes. Oh, 
in more ways than one. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, because <laughs> openings like, oh, he's metal. Like they didn't establish that. In, at least part of him is in Doctor Mysterio. Oh, they, they they mentioned that he had the Doctor put him back together, but they don't say what that means. Yeah, and yet here he is creaking with a bolt slipping out of his sleeve. So it's like, oh, okay. Is he is he is he fully a robot man? <laughs> robot, or has he just got robot bits? He's 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 robot cop, part robot, part man, part cop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Nardole. I'm not um, I, I like the um, give me the pro, son. I like the, the the mystery and the setting of the vault. I wish there was more emphasis put on yeah. that. And the idea that, that it was sort of casually batted away in this episode. And I'm like, if they've been there for fifty odd years, yeah, that was another thing I like. The why idea would he randomly abandon it at the end of this episode? Yeah, like that that annoyed me a bit. But at the same time, it's an interesting mystery. Because we, as the viewers, are like, what has he been up to? Do you think he's going to get a side payoff, Chris? No. <laughs> if rumours are to be believed, it's going to get either a tied into the end of the series story arc payoff or a re- stupid, ridiculous uh, attached to Christmas payoff. Um, but we won't get into that rumour bullshit here. Um, Maybe next week. Um, comms. Uh, Megatron. <laughs> um, Soundwave. The Monster. Uh, it was another misunderstood thing that wasn't evil, yet acted evil. So it was the siren, it was the crooked man from Hive. Like yeah, it was all yeah. the same shit we've seen now a thousand times. Like, it, it grabs her face at one point. But why? Because later on it doesn't do that. Like, it's, it chases after them screaming, yet it doesn't want to do that, it just wants to follow her. Uh, they don't explain how this sentient oil, I remind you, sentient oil, it's part of a ship... They established that earlier on, Scorch Marks. This is an oil leak. Part of a ship. It's oil, yet it's sentient. It turns into what it needs to be. It needs to turn into someone who can leave there or wants to get away. Which they've already done in the lodger. That ship would only leave if it had got someone who wanted to leave. Yeah. So they've already done that as well. Yeah. It... Um, it turns into a girl who randomly is fascinated with it, um, and then somehow can follow, uh, Bill through time and space, even though it's just sentient oil. It's not a a ship, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a technology that can traverse time and space. It's fucking oil. Um... See, I, I this is where it falls apart. As soon as I begin see, to think about it, I, I get annoyed. I have a pro for the monster because go for it. Hit me with the monster pro. As you think about the logic of it, it falls apart. Mm. But in execution and creepiness, <laughs> it, I think it's really yeah, well cool visual. When yeah. she stood at the top of the stairs in the basement, that's mm. spooky. And then the next shot, she's not there, but the water's dribbling down the stairs. That looked really cool. Um, but that's the I think that's the problem. Like they've gone for again style over substance in that way. Um, you know, like in the way that. Prisoner Zero, for example, yeah. was a background thing because it was also a season debut kind of relaunch villain. But the idea of it was really interesting and really cool. Mm. The visual payoff of it was kind of naff. That's why it was more sinister when it looked like people. Yeah. It was more sinister that way than when it was the monster. In this version, the monster looks really cool, but it's, the whole thing falls apart the moment you start to think about it. And it just, it's a shame because the monster, the monster can be simple in your opening episode if you're focusing on your character. You're introducing a companion. So focus on them. The Jadoon and the Plasmavore, pretty straightforward. Space cops look like rhinos, vampire old woman. 
the main thing you get away from the episode, take away from the episode is, this is Martha Jones. This is who she is. This is like how she, she clearly would be a good companion. And here she goes off on her first adventure. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like the adipose and Miss Foster are like a, a naff baddie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but they're obviously having fun with it. And it's all about the Donner, the Donner and Doctor, the Doctor Donner. It's all about Donner and the Doctor, and it works really well because of that. They're the focus. In this, it just felt like the monster plot dominated the episode, but wasn't solid enough and falls apart the moment you start to think about it. And I would rather have spent more time with Bill. Like Bill should have been investigating something at the university. Yeah, something's yeah. happening. She should have been investigating it. And that's when one of the professors. It, that's when one of the professors steps in. It seems and it's like, like has, what are you doing? I'm looking into this. Do you know what I mean? It seems like she has. She does have that curiosity to her. Yeah, that was nice. The idea but that I he think, he sees that in her and it's like, right, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, it, it it takes the doctor to coax it out of her. But that should have happened. End of Act One. Yeah, yeah. Not start of the episode. I've noticed you. Also, right, Com. The monologue about whatever the fuck it was he said. He was basically just hip young teacher slash white guy with an acoustic guitar on campus. That's who the doctor was in this. Yeah. That was annoying. How was, was he in the employ for that long? It was great. It's it's fun, but what the hell was his lecture? He just was talking about... Basically, his we only th- saw so, a little bit of it, Chris. We did only see a little bit of it, and it was, was, drowned, out, it was drowned out by the music and the visuals of the montage, but... He's basically talking about like time and how time works, time relative dimensions in space. It means life. And we as viewers who've watched the show are meant to be like, rock on. Doctor. No. We know what you're talking means about. TARDIS. Oh god, I know. But that was nice. That was that was one of the weird interest like one of the forced questions they put into it where she has to challenge him. Yeah. That worked for me. Where she said, like, well, hang on, like if you're alien, then why would like how come in English it that's the acronym like I also in your think, language and he's sort of like um well this sort of moved, like that was fun I also think the kitchen line worked in context in context well. it worked so which much which is what better. I think goes to what we were worried about because she immediately yeah. went to like the shiny surfaces it's like because yeah. obviously she now we also know she works in the canteen so yeah. she's comparing it to that it's like a big fancy kitchen with all the shiny and, he, and then the doctor's sort of like offence at that and how long it takes her to get that round to pro that was big so pro. good big freaking pro when she said it's smaller on the inside no, it's, it's smaller on the outside no sorry it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside and Nardol <laughs> just went hey handshake yeah that was really nice because that implies these two have been together now for a while they've probably yeah. had other friends who dra- travel with them they're waiting for that penny drop moment yeah that's not, that was a really that properly made us chuckle when we were watching that mm. um oh god pros again it looks nice it looks good like the lighting yeah. in the office scenes looks lush it looks lovely um i would the stuff in the, the way where he just parks about front at the end of it like the, the sort of the moonlit kind of like conversation on the lawn Looks gorgeous. I think they've missed a Australia trick, didn't look that bad considering it was obviously like a mix of green screen and sets and lighting. It looked pretty decent for that little moment. I think they've missed a trick here. Oh, because I think there's <laughs> legs. Yeah. In maybe not for a whole season, but at least for a chunk of a season, doing a first season, first two seasons Pertwee style format. Hmm. Where he's stuck at the university. Oh, there's a, they, they could have done that, but the problem yeah. is the class had just existed, so they weren't going to do a thing where he oh, stays yeah, at a school yeah. slash educational place. 
If class didn't exist, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. That'd be great. Or just one season. Just one it, season there. Because not even like the whole season, but a, like a chunk of it. Mm. And then it's like halfway through the season he gets that he can fly the TARDIS again or whatever. Well, like, that, well, maybe that's the plot. Like he's arrived there and the TARDIS has basically mm. brought him there and is shut down because it's like, there's something here you need to deal with. And it's grounded him. It's like, you you have to sort this. Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. Because then it's like, oh, this is important. And then if it does tie into the bloody rumours about what's beyond the door, then it sort of makes sense. But, um, so there's all that. Uh, cons. Convoluted stuff like the carpet. Neat visual trick, but she buys him a carpet. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Just like... All it would take is for like some papers to fall off the desk or something, and then she comes back later, and they're all still scattered. But oh no, they're all—they've all been picked up. But like one of them's under the box. See, I because think... then you'd be like, oh, and she tries to pull it, and it doesn't move. And then you'd be like, how the hell did that get there? I think it's an establishing moment for Bill of sort of her showing just like she seems to be like just like quite generous and friendly and open. Yeah, but it just—it it was a rug. She likes making gestures. It was a rug. Yeah, but. Fucking They're not rug. always good gestures, but she has to do something. But it's, it's a like, gesture that conveniently ties into a visual that will be interesting until you realise, hang on, she randomly bought it. Well, no, you're mixing just so this. You're mixing character and plot there. It's, it's a decent. Yeah. It's, it's a nice sort of contrivance. You're making an establishing character moment for Bill, and then you're also allowing his, his it to function as a plot device. As well, it's quite yeah. nice. She's like, oh, I didn't get you anything. She's like, well, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not expensive. Yeah, it's she's not very long. There's a lot of things like when she she you can see that she's diff- see, clearly got a fractured relationship with the foster mum. Yeah, yeah, you get a hint but, that maybe it's a bit, a bit difficult between them. Like, and but a, a little bit thingy. The first thing oh, when Bill comes in and thinks she's in the bath, yeah. the first thing she says is, "Oh, do you want a brew for the bath?" All right, and it's a nice little oh, moment. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. Like, yeah, that was a nice moment. They don't get on well, but she's still lovely. She's, she's a nice still, person. Yeah, she's she's generous. That was some nice. She'll horror. fat you up with chips. Christ. That was some nice horror. I didn't mind that. But yeah, that sequence is, is was nicely tense, I thought. Yeah. Um, although I just kept thinking it was going to be Ghostbusters 2. You're just going to get a big pink sludge sock puppet going out the back. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like this bit or not, and I'll tell you for why. She mentions that she... she That's what my mum always says. Well, I imagine I'm making it up because I've never met her. She died when I was born. Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's horrible. That's tragic. And then her stepmom somehow comes across photos of her actual mom. Her stepmom, foster mom, comes across photos of her actual mom that they didn't know they had. And she's looking through them. And it's, I would love to have seen more of that moment. Yeah, yeah. This is why the monster plot dominating the episode sort of took that away from us. I would like to have seen more of that moment because she was playing it quite well. And then she sees the doctor in the back of shop. And then they don't really... But that's the thing that annoys me because it's like, oh my God, he's done this as a gift to her. He knows she never knew her mum, so he's gone back and found a way for her to at least see her mum. That is really cool. But then she never pulls him up on the fact that he's in the photo. Where the hell's that? Because that's where the that's where the interesting character drama setup payoff. No, no payoff. We don't get the payoff. That sucks, man. That would have been so. This is why the monster should have been really. It should have been Bill investigating something weird at the uni she works at. Realises when the professor's also investigating it, he's reluctantly sort of is like, right, okay, tell me what you know. Like, let's pull thingies. They form a relationship. He he offers, in exchange for her silence slash the info she's got, he offers to teach her. Yeah? Does the night classes. So you get a thing where they're working together and they bond. And then at the end, there is a, you know, a thing of some kind. They find out what it is. They both deal with it. And he's like, 
fuck it, right, we need to get away from here. Nardole, you stay here yeah. and monitor this door as a tree, as basically as a as a thank you to you, I'm going to take you somewhere in my ship. End of episode one. Yeah? Episode two is him taking her as like as a thank you. That's all you need. Ah, just, I don't, set, if you want to have a whole thing with her being attached to someone, being in a relationship with someone that gets affected by all the sci-fi stuff, yeah, yeah. establish that she's in a relationship in Ep 1, and then return to that character later in the series. Yeah, because I, I think, I, for me, that the, the only real issue I have with the episode, for me, is that the, they didn't sell the relationship between her and Heather. It was too... It was too quick. And yeah. into it, into it, yeah. They stare at each other at a party uncomfortably long in silence. They should have established them as a couple yeah. and then had that happen. Yeah. But, uh, Why does Heather have a star in her eye? It's a birth defect. What's it got to do with the pilot, like the, 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 the oil selecting her as the pilot? And obviously it was because she noticed the reflection, but like the eye thing is clearly like a CGI effect. So are you going to tie that in somehow or is it just incidental? I don't know, whatever. The original think- title, a bit of trivia, the original title of this episode was A Star in Her Eye. I think Apparently it's just Apparently Mark a... pointed out Stephen Moffat sounds like a talent contest so they yes. changed it. Um, I know what you mean. I think I think it was just part of the plot to do the reflection yeah. thing but it's too fantastic. It's too whimsical. Mm. Like as a defect it's too whimsical to not be something. You know what I mean? Like I know what you mean. Like could she, be, she could have noticed the reflection because of a fringe for example. Like the way she wears a fringe. Too mundane Chris. Or like the yeah the lettering on the jacket or whatever. Is now it... we know why Bill's badge is so bloody prominent. Because certain... they wanted to set it up in your head before you saw the episode as a thing wow. she would have noticed. Yeah. Um, the Mavellans? Why not? I mean that's fan service I don't mind because it's quick. It's like oh we're there in the middle of that war. But, it's, but, it, but it's modern Daleks so... Huh. But also, why the Daleks? You know, aside what? from the fact that it's possibly confirming this contractual rumor about the Terry Nation estate, there is no fucking way <laughs> they'll have spent money, any amount of money, regardless of how detailed they are, no. on those Mavellan costumes without planning to use them again. You say that, but it doesn't cost that much money to put people in some white jackets, silver pants, and mops. This is the BBC. You'll have had to get seven fucking managing producers to sign off on it. <laughs> That's a very good point. Oh Christ! So there is that. Um, I the dark team was point like they took it there because they were hoping the monster would get lost there or killed there in the conflict. It's just, what. Why would the Doctor be like, yes, I'm going to use the Daleks as a convenience. Nothing can survive the Daleks' weapons. Except me, I already have. But also that. Yeah. It's like he's like, oh no, I'm just going to leave it here so it can be killed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, the hell? <laughs> so, the pilot, uh, to sum it up in our classical style, what? sum up the pilot, your feelings on the pilot, with a noise. Yeah. 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 Shall we see what our listeners thought? Yes, let's. This is a very long episode. Bye, gumbo! That's fine with me! We've got, we got a few emails to get through, and the first one is not directly pilot-related. Oh. It's just a lovely email. Delete it. A lovely... Oh, it's a lovely it. email um, from Harry. Harry Draper. Harry! Um, Harry! Harry, how are you feeling today? Don't us. answer, Harry. It's not in real time. Just hold on to the thought, and we'll feel it inside. It says, hi, Chris and Matt. I want to take some time to say how much I big damn love big damn cast. It is simply the best podcast. Ding dong dang do. And always brightens me day. 
Oh, Don't for the you. quality content by Jingo Links to some Town in the tagging novelization of the Time Warrior. If I could Always be... Always on the Time Warrior. If I could be a cheeky scamp, I was wondering if I could give something of a shout-out to my two younger brothers, Leo and Oliver, who have just turned nine. I hope they're not listening to this show. Yeah, Harry. Because we're not suitable for nine-year-olds. However, however, sensible everyone, if you want to listen, to play them this bit, the following bit, then feel free, but don't play them the episode. So, they've both turned nine? They've both turned nine. What are they called? Leo and Oliver. Leo and Oliver. All right, Harry, this is for you. Leo and Oliver, hello. Hello. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. You've just turned nine. And here's a shout out. For you. Ah! It's all downhill from ten. <laughs> that was me shouting That out was Matt's shout out to you. Um, happy nine. Enjoy ten. Nine's the best. Nine is Eccleston. Happy is Nardo. Happy Nardo to you both. <laughs> Good day, my dears. Um, <laughs> both, both have Asperger's like myself and can struggle with day-to-day life. However, three things make him very happy. Oh. Uh, Doctor Who. Oliver's favourite doctors are Colin Baker and Christopher Eccleston. Oh, yes! You've you've done well. Uh, Leo is particularly fascinated by the Daleks. Personally, I think it all went downhill on November 23rd, 1963. Actually going inside the police box and discovering it was bigger on the inside just killed all the mystery. But that's just me. (laughs) CBBC. Both boys have their own homemade CBBC office in the house and are already fashioning themselves into CBBC presenters. Oh, good luck, lads. It's a tough business, but go for it. If you're passionate um, enough, then you will make it somewhere. Or start your own channel. Be pioneers. Get on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and the Lego Batman movie, which we all immensely enjoyed on February yes. 5th. When Oliver February what, sorry? February 5th. <laughs> when Oliver saw the Daleks prepare to exterminate Alfred, he looked at me and smiled with such excitement because he knows how much I love the show. Tim that or that or he really wanted Alfred to get Tim, blown. Up. Tim Curry came in there um, <laughs> to see that excitement in his eyes was a real triumph of a moment, and it's what keeps the whole family going. That's lovely, Harry. Oh, nice. Um, Give my love to him. That's so cool. Leo and Oliver can drive me up the bloody wall sometimes, but I love these two scamps of mine to bits, and it's lovely that rich storytelling the world has to offer helps them make them happy. So once again, thanks, Big Damn Cash, for taking the time out to celebrate that storytelling, as well as point out the bits that are a bit shit. The DC Cinematic <laughs> Universe takes some aspirin. And chillax. Well, goodbye, my dears. Ha <laughs> ha! That's so fun. cool. Thank you for that, Harry. That was a lovely email, and um, yeah, I'm 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 glad that you guys you guys have. I mean, many people um, <laughs> deal with Asperger's, and, and and it can be very difficult to get through an holiday with with something like that, that's, especially if there's something that's not visible. Yeah. So people don't know that you're having a hard time. But I'm I'm glad you guys have found a way to sort of manage that and deal with that and and, and cope with that. And that's that's always good. Tis, tis a superpower. Um, Wield it. And I don't say that lightly. Tis indeed a superpower. Use your passions and focus on them. Um, Next one comes in. Do, yeah, don't play them any of the prior part of yes, this there's, podcast. There's lots of, of swearing. Bits. There's so much swearing <laughs> and some things that are not suitable for the ears of a nine-year-old. Um, Tom Monte. <gasps> not Montonte. Dear Chris and Matt. Oh, does he have to be so formal? <laughs> Surnames only, please. <laughs> Mister! Um, assuming you've already spoken about episode one, I won't ask any questions of it. Oh, that's a shame, because we had an entire Darth Maul is still alive theory I'm, prepared, but... I'm not a huge fan of Asbel, to be honest. Although I've seen a very positive response to her. She's too loud and in your face for me, which is pretty much what I expected after watching the trailers. I hope Jindal disposes of her. <laughs> <when the> time <laughs> comes! Dispatches of her! <laughs> you can bury her in the fucking backyard! 
god, what's going on there? She survives to the end of the Christmas special, and then in the, the Chibnall written regeneration <laughs> scene, the Doctor regenerates and accidentally smacks her into a black hole. <laughs> the first shot of the, of, the, of the next series of the 13th Doctor coming in with a shovel. No, no, it's the TARDIS crash landing, and then close-ups of an open face hugger egg. <laughs> a dead as-bill. Because <laughs> it's, it's going to be Mike and McIntyre, so it's going to be like, well, the dead things are going to that's one companion. Um, oh god! If you if you haven't, uh, <laughs> if you haven't, I must say the the fringe is an improvement. Don't you think so, Bill? 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 No, don't fetch your shovel. <laughs> Bring me my finest spade. We're going to go to Metabilis Three. <laughs> Because the fans like it. Yes. Metabolus. Um, <laughs> we're going to get a crystal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're going to rub it on her until she goes away. We must leave no evidence. No, no. Oh, I do not want to go to space chair, but you suddenly do not. Anyway, getting back to the... The Shadow Proclamation will tan my hide. <laughs> if you haven't already spoken... Which is ironic, because how can a shadow tan anything? Do you see what I did there? It was a joke about sunlight. Yes, it was. If you haven't already spoken about the coming scene (laughs) trailer, what did you think of the new Johnson look? I can't tell if he's blonde or brown because of lighting, but he doesn't look homeless, sadly. And and he's sporting a beard. A a little Ainley-shaped beard. Not much to tell. We (coughs) shall have to wait till we see more. All Um, I know is I wish it hadn't been leaked. Yeah. Because had yeah. we all watched the coming soon trailer after the episode, I think I think mm, I don't know. I think it had to have been it had to have been announced before the episode because then the focus, you know, the press focus would have been taken away from the episode and more on the trailer. But in an ideal world, the first time we should have all heard about it slash seen it was after the episode, seen that trailer, and then gone, oh, "Shit, was that John Sim?" Yeah, like that would have been that would have been amazing. Which I think was what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I've had the same feelings for the trailer I've had for the other trailers. The, the scene, the vistas, so many vistas. Very cool. Well, we've got uh, more thoughts about this pretty. trailer from Tom, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about the Snack trailer as a whole. Me with sec. Tom's Monty. Uh, we'll get we'll get through Tom's thoughts and then we'll get there. Right round me much. Um, oh. Also, what do you think the deal is with the fact they keep showing Capaldi regenerating in the trailers, even if it's isn't is actual regeneration? Why would they show something like that? It's really pissing me off. Ah, we also, can maybe answer that. Also, Ooh, also mince. in that particular trailer, Ooh, I've gone back over it. and It looks like the Doctor's clothes are regenerating. So, whoever's in charge of the visual effects, I hope that shot in the trailer isn't the final cut. Keeping on the topic of 12 regeneration. <laughs> what have you got against clothes regenerating? Clothes regenerating. Hartlott to Troughton, fam. Yeah, happens the first time around. Um, His clothes definitely partly regenerated from uh, from Troughton to Pertwee because yes, they also. got longer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he got that nice tattoo. Um, keeping on the topic of 12's regeneration, on the Graham Norton show, Capaldi said he'd already filmed his death scene, yes, but he still has the yeah. Christmas special to film. What do you make of this? I hope you both have a lovely week. Lovely. That's how I say bold words. Have a lovely um, day. Your, sh- your sugar, Tom Monte. Sugar. Um, I think the Doctor begins to die, or starts to die at the end of the series, and the Christmas special is set in his Sherlock mind palace. Um, oh, for fucks. Because it would he be. Really can't, he's forgotten would, which shows he's writing it for. It would now, be such it? a Moffat way to do it. Do you know what I mean? Such a shit way to do it, man. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I just. I just. Yeah. Bit of a wank way to do it. 
Unless he regenerates at the end of 13, at the end of 12, sorry. It's 12 episodes now. We lost one a few years ago. No one ever complains about it. Um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, he regenerates at the end of that one, and then the Christmas special, like, shows what happened. Like, for example, like, he goes away as part of whatever toward the end, and then comes back and regenerates, and the Christmas special shows us exactly what the hell happened. Um, it would be a bold and interesting way to do it. And it would also break up the weird thing that seems to happen of, and then he regenerates in the Christmas special. But, I don't know. I don't, I don't bloody know. I don't chuffing know. Sound shit, mate. I'd rather, I'll be honest, I'd rather he regenerate in the finale. And then the Christmas special be with the new Doctor. I would rather that be the case. We know it isn't. But I'd rather it would be, because we're going to get another confusing frickin' DVD box set scenario where the Christmas special you have to buy individually because the next series won't have it in because obviously the box set has to be about the new Doctor and new companion. BBC Worldwide loved that cheddar. They loved them cheddar. Fools! I'm just, I'm just <laughs> hoping that regardless of how or when he regenerates, he doesn't fucking regenerate into Chris Marshall. Um, yeah, should we, should we get to that? Um, should we... Should we... To give our two cents on that, there's a rumor going around. This yeah, Chris Marshall. <clears throat> yeah, and I think Death in Paradise is Chris Marshall. It's the most boring, blandest, mm. least inspired, <clears throat> safest, and dullest choice you could make. No offense, Chris Marshall. Um, oh, Chris Marshall but... was the only thing that made my family fun it. Yeah, for so long. Yeah, he was only in like three or four series. Yeah, Nick. He, and he was in it for a bit, and then he left. And he's great, but like the last thing we need for this show to like continue to reach new audiences and continue to grow and evolve in today's uh, sort of fandom is another <laughs> middle-aged white British man. We've done it. We've literally done it. Now, if you can whip out someone who fits that visual description who we blows us away, literally enough, done it. But we Thirteen times that already. That is true. Well, apart from Matt and Peter, they were, Peter Davison, they were young. Well, <laughs> and John Hurt was old. How but, dare you? You know, roughly. John Hurt, yeah, John Hurt was the oldest actor to play the Doctor. Yeah. Mm. But, At the time of playing the Doctor, I mean, I don't mean yeah, like, old, I don't mean like he was the oldest man he, he all in even, the world. It all evens out. More yeah. or less. Like, for the younger ones, it's older ones, but it all evens <clears> out around <throat> the middle age. It, it's, ti- it's time to experiment. It's time to do something fucking different. Please. Yeah. Please. I mean, Mike, the first thing that came to my mind was just, Capaldi's Doctor put a lot of people off because in his first series he was quite dour, mm. and that put off a lot of viewers around the time of that episode going out, to cast another British actor whose sort of natural facial expression is, I'm fucking miserable. And also, like... Isn't exactly the visual regeneration the show slash brand needs. No. Do you know what I mean? But anyway... Hayley Atwell or Bust? Let's continue through the emails. Hayley Atwell and Bust. We're, we're nearly done. Okay. <laughs> we're nearly done. Just saying. When she's undercover in Agent Carter episode one or two. Uh, Just saying. Don't, don't. I'm Delicious. I'm going to have to go watch the Blu-ray now. Um, she's in Blood of the Daleks. Is she? First do- it's the first Doctor and Lucy Miller story, right? Is that Blood of the Daleks? One of them. There's so Blood many... of the Daleks part one and two. There's so many of the Daleks yeah. <laughs> in the oh in, in the big finish oeuvre. What, whatever the, cause, yeah, because the I'm end of that sure. series is Human Resources with the Cybermen. Oh, okay. Um, that's two parts. But yeah, the Dalek story that starts Lucy Miller's saga. Um, Hayley Atwell's a character in it. I'd totally forgotten until I was dusting Michelle's the other day. 
getting me, me off my office a fever ready, getting rid of all the dust. Dust. Uh, it took three days to get it all done. Three bastard days. Um, but I was taking the big finished CDs out of the shelf and just making sure going through them. I was like, oh god, that looks like Hayley Atwell. Oh shit, it is Hayley Atwell. <laughs> like, oh my god. So there you go. Um, yeah. Ian. Not Ian. Ian's emailed in. And Barbara. Says, no, just Ian. <laughs> Alright. Barbara's off with that foul bloke. Hello, Chessington um, World of Adventures. Dear Matthew and Christopher. Sincerely, your sugars, the joke from the big damn cast Tumblr fandom. We have one of those? We are called the Big Dammers, if we prefer Matt. And the Dam Casters, if we prefer Chris. This is very complicated. I don't know what's happening! We've gone through the time hole! Into all the Tumblr f- I, I, I refuse to believe we have a Tumblr fandom. I refuse to believe that we have a Tumblr. We do. Big damn blog at Tumblr. Or a Tumblr.com. Or a fandom for that matter. But oh, God. I'm glad. I'm glad that we've got... They've, they're making things up that we don't know about. <coughs> That's good. This is this is beyond our control. That's... I mean, most things are. I'm not, <laughs> Um I really enjoyed your Capaldi Season 8 discussion. The only episodes I like in Season 8 are Mummy on the Orient Express, Amen. Flatline, yeah, and yeah. Dark Water, as I think it will get better with age. Yeah, and Dark Water, now that you know what horrible thing you're in for when you tune into it, fine and if you're not a wine. small child, you might be able to sort of enjoy it more. It's like a fine wine, Christopher. A fin win. A fin win. Still can't forgive that uh, lava bit. My five-word review of the pilot. Oh, five-word. Oh, my God, it's like the five-word weather on... Um, oh, it used to be... Uh, real Access. Is, real, is it Real Access now? What did it used to be? Uh, Rock Radio. Rock Radio, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's a that's a that's a greater Manchester joke there. A reference for everyone. Enjoy. Fun. Nice refresh. Basic. Average. Six out of ten. Um. That was nine words. Well, six out of ten is just a fraction. It's not a word. How dare you? It's numerical. How value. dare you? It's numerical value, Christopher. <laughs> Sincerely, your best sugar. Ian. And he's given us a little drawing. A little drawing of the damn cast crew. <laughs> I'm not sure who's... I think that's supposed to be me because I've got I, long, I think the longer long hair, hair is you, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got a quiff. I've got long hair and very, very short legs. Which is, you know, accurate. Very accurate. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got to put that on the Tumblr. It's going on the Tumblr. Um... <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> this is going way too oh long. We have god. to finish this. We've got two more emails. Let's get through them. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> <coughs> I've got to leave for work at half seven in the morning. Don't, I need oh. to get through this. Um, Lewis Christian. Do we or do we not endorse Lewis Christian's views? Mm, I'm gonna be like, <clears throat> I'm gonna be like the bloke from Gladiator. I'm gonna hold my thumb out, and based on the email, I shall position it upwards or downwards. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we'll we'll leave you on that cliffhanger. No, he won't leave you. Um. Hello, big dammers. Wait, him too. I I bring with me. Some thoughts on the pilot. Oh, never do that. It's toxic. I particularly enjoyed the episode, I have to say. I know some people are calling it slow, even boring, but I disagree. (laughs) 
the reveal of the TARDIS was excellently handled, and I loved being introduced to all the new characters. Also, some people are saying it lacked any real menace, but I don't think that's a bad thing. However, I've heard they're going to remount it next week and tweak it, which is a shame. I particularly enjoyed seeing Susan in her strange inkblot picture, and Bill Hartnell was delightfully spiky. Ah, oh, well, looking forward to an unearthly child next week. Lots of love, and please endorse my views as Lewis Christian. <laughs> Well, as you know, um, we don't believe anyone's opinion is truly wrong. Lewis, that was wrong. Um, <laughs> You're wrong? You're bad and wrong. <laughs> um, as he mentions, an unearthly child next week. Yes. Um, there's quick quick thoughts on Smile, what we've seen of it so far. Have you seen what the, the people who live there look like, the, the uniforms they're wearing? No. Uh, you thought are you saying they're going to get a second use out of the Mavellan costumes oh. take away the mops and replace them with a headscarf and that's basically what they're wearing next week can't wait uh, I think those robots look ridiculous yeah emoji robots not keen I mean I, I forgetting the, the emoji part I just think tiny little robots like that just uh, tiny things are only scary if they move quick to me if that makes any sense like spiders like spiders, uh, gremlins, critters, do you know what I mean? It's like the little thing that's just like scuttling after you. When they're just sort of like pleasantly waddling after you, like the sort of the physicality they've got in that is they sort of look like they're you know, like a little bobblehead, like a like a Funko Pop brought to life. They're just popping about. They look quite adorable. Um, I'm not frightened of that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just... Uh... <laughs> you know? Um... Uh, uh. Final email of the week. Oh God, no! And then we can go. <laughs> we can go where? Anywhere? Where will have us? There's a place for us. Somewhere, a place for us. Peace and quiet and open air. Way out there, somewhere. Oh, I can't remember the words. Um, <laughs> Sorry, my lips are vibrating. That's really weird. Pilot thoughts <coughs> from Billy Tracy. No, no, I heard he was lost into an interdimensional accident. He has an interdimensional phone. Oh, cool. Yeah, he does. Interdimensional Blackberry. He does. That's what they make. That's all they make now. Blackberries. They don't make phones. They, they make interdimensional phones. Oh, um, the dimen- in every dimension, there is a Blackberry. It's the, it's the it's the only phones people want keyboards on. Into each generation, and Blackberry, a Blackberry is born. Blackberry don't know how to make phones without keyboards. It alone will stand against the um, thumbs, the screen space, and the forces of darkness. They big damn lads. <laughs> so the pilot was adequate, wasn't it? <laughs> Perfect. Put that on the DVD cover. <laughs> Print it. The pilot. I watched was it. adequate. I watched it with Richard Brunchbrooks. On hey! The, on the projector. <laughs> Richard Brunchbrooks. And it had a That's couple... what the B stands for. <laughs> and I had a couple of good laughs. It was pretty fun. But I'm in no rush to watch it again. It was okay, though, which is no bad thing. Okay. It's fine. And yeah, <laughs> I think that's about it. This concludes my review. 10 out of 10. Best TV show ever. Um, also. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not all again. Also, a Dalek shot at Nardole three times and missed. Are they the new Stormtroopers? Yes. Yeah, 
I was talking about this the other day, actually. When was the last time a Dalek killed someone in Doctor Who? I can't remember if there were any people shot by Daleks in Into the Dalek, but that was the last time that it could have happened. Oh, people people dying Into the Dalek. Good, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm glad. Um, Good, I'm glad. So that happens, right? And people get shot in Day of the Doctor a couple times early on. But before that, the last time I can think of someone getting shot by a Dalek um, was in uh, Victory of the Daleks. That was an alright And even one. then, I can't remember if they actually kill anyone. Or if they Ooh, just shoot at people. That victory of the Daleks. It's <laughs> alright, innit? They shoot, they, shoot, they shoot like biplanes with a ship, I think. I'm pre- pretty I sure I can't they... remember if a Dalek kills a person inside, an Ironside... No, because the Ironside's like, yeah, verification, and then they go to the ship. Yeah. Um. So before that, it'd be Stolen Earth. Stroke Journey then. Fuck. Yeah, weird, right? That's a long time. That's weird, right? Um, like They just sort of run around shouting. They've not killed anyone. Um, really. But, yeah, Into the Dalek. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> My brain's melted. That that was the question. You answered the question already. Oh, cool. One quick thing before I go. No, don't go. Well, it's more of a confession, really. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. How many, how many billions of years do you think it's taken for him to tell us this confession outright? It's me. I'm the one behind the Your Sugar thing. What? John and I run a podcast called Milk Two Sugars where we talk about how tired we are and Shit. how great you guys are. I this is in I So we thought I we'd have mess- this bookmarked and I've not listened to it. So I think I listened to the first one. So we thought we'd mess with you a bit. I must admit, hearing you increasingly incredulous responses to everyone's sign offs has been most intent- entertaining, but I promise I'll make up for it with free booze when I next see you both. Invite me up for a drink and a crew with you two soon and we can all watch the finale with William Hartle and John Sim making out or something. <laughs> I'd love that. Your Billy sh- Tracy, you sugar of a bitch. Your sugar, Billy. That that teaches us to not keep up with other people's stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, for that, he's earned a free bastard plug. Billy Tracy and John Granston have a podcast called Milk Two Sugars, um, which you can check out. If you go to Twitter, they always put the new episodes there. Uh, M2SCast, at M2SCast, Milk Two Sugars podcast. Um, oh, God. <laughs> the swines! I love it. Oh, so love we're, it. we're the two sugars now. We're the two sugars. <laughs> we're the two sugars. Well, I sent a crossover episode. <laughs> we should be on the milk two sugars. <laughs> if only for payback. <laughs> swines! You bastards! Oh, well, as one mystery is revealed uh, in true Moffat tradition, we must introduce another six. And so, not pay any of them <clears throat> off. No, that's our intent anyway. If you would like to see more from us during the week, then uh, Big Damn Cast on Twitter. We're always on there getting up to shenanigans and bad-mouthing sci-fi publications. Um, <laughs> everything we do gets posted, shit-posted into one concentrated stream on bigdamnblog.tumblr.com. Uh, we also, of course, have a YouTube Big Damn channel where we post... Oh, if you're searching for Big Damn... If you're searching for Big Damn channel, by the way, search for it as one word, because I discovered recently that if you search Big Damn channel as three separate words... A different channel from about seven years ago that hasn't been updated appears. It's not called Big Damn Channel. It's called My Damn Channel, but it's the first result. So that's annoying. So search Big Damn Cast and you'll find us that way. I feel like our SEO might be subpar. What did you just call me? (laughs) So... 
Big Damn channel on YouTube. More Big Damn Love is on the way. Can we tease him with what the next couple are about? Why don't you tease your next one? Uh, my, uh, my next one only works at night. That's my tease. Mm. Dare you that. What about yours? Could you tease your next one? Uh, my next one has a motto. Wreck and rule. Baby cakes. Um. So do with that what you will. Your little shills. Yeah. Your little Marvel shills. Um, and of course, bigdamncontact.gmail.com is how to get in touch with us throughout the week. Uh, whenever you want to hit us up, just do it. Just do it, fam. Do it. Whatever you feel like. Just just, just go for it. Go for it right now. Right this second. I felt that. Oh, no. Stop. Don't take your finger off there. That is really, that is really distracting. Don't do that. That's harassment. No. Ah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'll get so the tissues. So clammy. So clammy. Bye, my dears. Oh, so just suck it. Suck it. Oh.